Woody and Frothies. Welcome to the Round 5 preview show. Daggy, uh, Ollie, Gump and Barney with you to look back on all things rugby league over the last seven days. Barney, you're sporting some fine attire there. Yes, mate. What's yeah, going on? Got some, um, got some of the merchandise delivered over the last two weeks. The hat and the beanie and a few shirts. It's all top quality gear, guys. So if you're interested, get amongst it. Where would we find this gear? <laughs> RugbyLeagueMerch.com. Excellent. Rugby and where do some of the proceeds go? To uh, Frothies from Footy and Frothy. And <laughs> yes, into, into our pockets. And also to the Men of League yes. Foundation. Men of League Foundation. Yes. Yeah, proceed, uh, they passed 500 bucks worth of fundraising for them on behalf of that the other week, which is good, uh, across the Rugby League merch website. So well done there. It's a good cause, but was, our, our pockets are just as good a cause. So support us. If you enjoy the show, <laughs> jump on and get a hat, a shirt, and a brand new One More Club shirt came out this week. If you... Uh, and one of those that likes being summoned out of the pub at last minute, well, join the club and sneak one more in. The One More Club, there's three of them available, three variants available as well, all look pretty good, so check all that out. Gumpy, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good? Um, yeah, just <laughs> good. I'm on holidays at the moment, so yeah, just sort of sleeping a bit and watching a bit of, bit of extra footy and yeah, so not a lot, not a lot at all. And Oliver? That's why Grump up uh, Grump. That's why Gump's happy because he's on holidays. He's not got a gripe of the week this week. Um, oh, I may do. I may do. <laughs> oh, he's saving it. I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. Started the new work gig this week. Uh, back to full time work. I'll just give a uh, shout out to my boss Craig, who's jumped on and liked the page um, and through the business as well. And uh, might check the episode out. He said so. If he's listening, shout out to him. And um, I've also been given a special request shout out by someone I couldn't really hear. So I think he might have had two last names. His name's Alexander Moore Ass. So Alexander Moore Ass, shout out to you, buddy. Um, hope you're well. Good on you, Alex. Uh, as we say, bye to Dean. Uh, let's get into any other news, Barton? No, no, not from me, mate. There's a, a nice few interesting team. calls over the weekend. But yeah. We'll get to them as we get through it. Uh, NRLW, the Roosters managed, speaking of interesting calls, Roosters <laughs> were crowned oh. premiers here. The match deciding try, or the try that put him ahead, happened to go right past a, a, la- a woman that got stretched off next to a trainer. Do we need to comment on this? Well, that's my—it's my slap of the week, but the the whole situation because how is that? Could you? I'll, I'll just put it this way: Could you imagine if that was the exact same situation later this year in the NRL Grand Final? Can you imagine the we'll burn the stadium? Expo- yeah, the explosion that would occur, and you could tell the the Dragons. The, there was about three of them making the tackle. There's at least one of them that hesitates to look back and lets go, and then the other two see what's going on and drop off as well, and it creates this huge gap where the Roosters were allowed to score. They were saying in the media during the week, oh, well, um, it doesn't really matter because the, the scores weren't tied or it wasn't within a converted try and they scored to win. They were up by six points, so if that try wasn't given, hypothetically the Dragons could have gotten the ball and gone down the other end of the field and scored and tied it up. Not saying they would have, so I'm not saying it's cost them a premiership or anything, but like that... That shouldn't have happened. Point. I still think, though, for 120 years, however long it's been, it's always been the first thing I was taught to play the rest whistle. Oh, it's a trainer's there with their hand up, trainer's not in control of the game. So if they've dropped off the tackle, then they haven't played the whistle and they haven't listened to the ref. I get what you're saying, Ollie. Yeah. And, and well, shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't the referee be making that call when well, it's in the middle of a play. Like, it's literally in the thick of it. Probably. Yeah. But still, the players then make the tackle. Like, if I'm the coach of that yeah. team, I'm annoyed that the players haven't made the tackle yeah. 
in terms of not playing the ref's whistle. No, well, yeah, would, would be my yeah. view. If, if this was 12 months ago, though, because didn't they changed the rule after what happened in the Penrith para game in the men's that the, the ref would have stopped it. The, no, ref, the, the, the trainer, trainer stopped in that situation. I'm, I'm not saying it was the right or wrong decision for a rule change, but I'm saying a year ago, probably, the trainer would... It's not a good look. It's not a yeah. good look. But you know what? Something happens in every game that's yeah. not a bloody good look at the moment. Nah. <laughs> Even in the men's well, game, that's it just probably the first would have one. gone to the bunker and then been sent back to start the play yeah. again. But what do you do? So yeah. it's and, done, end of the day, now. like the way it was looking, the Roosters probably still win. But They know, were looking like the better team. But yeah. as Gump said, you've got to play the whistle. You can't just stand there and not make the tackle. You've got to at least attempt to make the tackle. So. Yeah, it's... Um like you said, it seems to happen every game now, which is the more concerning thing. There's something we could pick out of every game. And uh, well, I'm sure we will as we get through them. But it, it, I was just thinking about this one in particular. Like, it, It's already descended into parity yeah. in a lot of ways. It's like stuff we said, what if this happens is happening yep. and being allowed to happen. Uh, but anyway, uh, big, the other big news of the week is that the Clearies are re-signed to 2027. Penrith, fan, Penrith will be happy, Penrith fans will be happy and good for the club. They, yeah, the next five years are secure and um, we probably haven't seen the best of Nathan Cleary yet. Uh, obviously, if he's not going to be this year, the future Australian halfback and uh, has a lot of time ahead of him. So good on Penrith for securing that company. Yeah, excellent. Excellent for the area, excellent for the team. Probably leaves their premiership window open a lot longer. Yep. Although, does that make the, them lose players because they're paying more for Nathan Cleary, probably. Well, Is don't he they, worth that? Probably. They at least have a couple locked down for... That's what so and prem, down for a couple And premiership years. teams always lose players, so yeah. it wouldn't matter whether they sign Cleary for 800 or 1.2 or whatever the amount is, and he's a million-dollar footballer, and he's probably being paid accordingly. Well, so for every Matt Burton and Paul Momorowski that leaves the club, a, a Talon May and Isaac Tago emerge, it just seems, with Penrith, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah there'll be somebody to come in and fill those gaps... Um, when they're needed, but it's a no-brainer for Penrith, realistically. Like, and it makes I, it'll Ivan will end up being the longest-running coach for Penrith, which is a kudos to him as well to see what he's done in his career. He, you know, he battled at the Warriors and different times at the Tigers, and he's come back to Penrith, and he's got he's now got the the cattle to keep going for the next five years. Well, so it'd be interesting to see where it has go. to be a big fall from grace to not be a top four team for a yeah. lot of that time. It, it just sort of feels like just because these things happen in rugby league, there could be some crazy year where they, and I mean crazy by, they might just miss the top four for whatever reason, Cleary goes injured or something, but... Yeah, the concern is we're still waiting. Realistically, on, on this year, we, we need to see teams improve before then going to catch them. Well, it, it More seems teams have gone backwards. Uh, I wouldn't well. say Penrith have necessarily improved. They just seem to change little things all the time. Like, mm. yeah. Uh, they're well, you got to say they're well drilled. Well, whether that's through him, whether it's a combination of him, Seraldo, and whoever else, and they're doing the right thing, and I'm sure they'll be happy to keep that together as long as they can. Well, it's only taken five rounds for the top six teams to become almost the top six. Yeah. yeah. So the top six now is pretty much what people thought the top six would look like. Yeah. And it's taken five rounds. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, as Daggy said, have many teams improved? On five rounds worth, no. Sharks are probably the only team that you think are a whole lot better. In terms of that, the bottom teams may have improved a smidge, yeah. but of the contending teams, I don't think they've improved a great deal to catch Penrith and Melbourne if we're saying that 
they're the top two teams. Well, Melbourne have looked a lot better the past couple of weeks as well. I'm close to putting them up with Penrith. It helps when you've got the four best players in the court. It also right helps spine. being Melbourne. So. Directly comes yeah. from Harry Grant and Munster being back on the field, yeah. but yeah. we'll talk about that later yeah. too. Um, just on that, I had an interesting chat with someone today, uh, the Beaver actually, about suggesting that maybe the best option to solve this is just turn it into an IPL-style auction every year. So you can keep X amount of players and the rest go into a pool and there's an auction night and make a big deal out of it. And it's one way to keep the best players... The best players have to play the best all the time because if David Feeder keeps playing the ways, he's about to lose a lot of money in a year. Uh, if you And it gives the lesser teams hope because they all come to the table. Yeah. It's all transparent because it's all a, an auction-style thing and they've got a chance of, if they want to go and throw $2 million at Latrell, they can for a year. Oh. I'm pretty sure the NRLW is already loosely based off of that. But yet they only have one-year contracts, all, all of them. Oh, it yeah, seems yeah. that the star players will always stay. But Great idea. Pie-in-the-sky stuff, though. Yeah, the clubs are never going to let it happen. Yeah. Um, the only reason it runs that way in the IPL because it's always run that way. Yeah, it'll it, it, always it, probably it, run that way. Very hard There's to change There's not a chance in the world you're going to get the clubs the, to agree the, to that. The, 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 the players... Issue, well, the players... The, the argument is players you'd think should because it actually puts their, Half of potentially them puts their value yeah, up. Half of them would. But it also creates the issue of who's going to invest in a junior nursery when you're just going to go buy what you want. But it's not any different to a draft that they've tried to bring in before. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You've got to start that at the junior level. A yeah. draft's got to start at the junior level for 17 and 18-year-olds. Penrith and Parramatta might produce 80% of them. Well, they do. Because you look at now, and we were talking just before the show, that in junior reps at the moment, the Magpies are at the top in Harold Matz and SG Ball, and the majority of their players all come from Penrith, just drive down the Northern Road to train at Campbelltown. So put those kids in a draft, and then even it out that way, so then they're all getting an opportunity to play. Because the Roosters and these teams are getting them anyway. Yep. Like your Suales and Sam Walkers, the best kids from around the country are playing at the Roosters. So why not draft them? Why not have do the same as what the AFL do for the kids and have it as a draft? Well, yeah, they, yeah, it's a rookie draft, isn't it's, it? That it's they the have. rookie draft yeah. that they have and start there yeah. at least. So then, and if you want it, it's for the teams that whinge about having their their you know produce stolen. Maybe a, a firm percentage of it goes back to that club. Well, you've got to. So un- if Penrith supply eighty percent of the draft, they get say they get twenty percent of every player bought. Reparations. Well, then they've kind got. Of then they're not going to win so much, are they? Even in terms of that, say to the clubs, right? You can keep three. You choose the three that you want to keep. That don't go into the. That draft. don't go yeah. into the yeah. draft, and then the rest go into a draft. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Yeah. And then some of the teams at the bottom at least might get some of these kids that come through. So they're all playing footy. Some of them now don't get a chance. There's good kids at Penrith, and I've seen them play, that don't get a chance to play for anybody else and haven't in the past because Penrith haven't picked them up and then they haven't gone to other clubs because of the distance. How many many clubs this year could use um, Falls or Salmon or even Thailand May at the start of the year? Correct. It It also seems to me that so many clubs have just forgotten that loan deals now exist. 
Like I, I, I just think every now and then we sort of just think. Are they officially a thing, or was it just a? No, it, it was a, it was brought in at, at the very uh, start of 2020 as an official thing, and yeah. then it ended up becoming an avenue for the Warriors during the. Jesse Arthur's is where, like, on loan yeah, at the moment to the, for the Warriors. Yeah. So yeah. It, it came. It, it, it just seems Playing like well. you think of certain players who might like a young kid, like Jock Madden at the start of the season, where it seemed like he might have been getting released to go to Canberra because they need someone to fill in for Jamal Fogarty for half the year. That that would be the perfect loan. Situation, right? Like, but anyway, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you're saying now. Uh, the uh, in judiciary news, well, it turns out sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will get you four weeks. Um, and in no way do I condone what he said, any way, shape, or form, but I still find it annoying that you can take out someone's as I've round about every week, you can take out someone's ACL, MCL, and get a fine or two weeks, but calling someone a name at four weeks and, uh, it, yeah, the, the comment itself, yes, abhorrent, I'm not going to defend it, but uh, to me it's a serious PC lopsidedness there. Well, I have I agree with the decision in that. I don't believe it's a term that needs to be used. I agree with the decision. My whatever. point is yeah. then a cannibal should be but worth at least that. At, at the very least, I think what we can all agree with, with Marcelo Montoya, he should be smart enough to know that saying that word he's going to come with some form of serious repercussion these days. Like, oh. why... There are so many words, sure, that get you in trouble. And he would have just said it without but, thinking it, too. Yeah. And well, that's the thing. Nice like, you, at the very least, you could say he probably should have taken an extra second to think before that was the word that came out of his mouth. Heat of the that's moment. They're big bullheads. They've been doing it for their entire life. They'd more than likely be doing it at training with each other as well. It was like, going to be my rant. You know what? I agree with Daggy that it shouldn't be said... It's set on a football field. What stay happens on a if football field a stays co- on if a football field. If he called him a soft field. cock, does he get four weeks? Four weeks for that. No, no, he probably gets nothing. Four weeks for that's an embarrassment. Yeah. It's not going to teach anybody anything. It's still going to continue. It should have been a monetary penalty for Montoya. And I don't want to harp on the past, but you go back to even the Israel Folau thing a few years ago. He put a, his view onto social media that you could read or not read. And the guy was crucified for that. Whatever your beliefs are yeah. with it, he shouldn't have said it. I don't agree with his beliefs, but I don't have to read it and I don't have to take any notice. The same as with Montoya. Like, four weeks four weeks for that. Like, they're kidding themselves. Parents would be much more concerned about hits to the head than they would be about that word being used on the football field as a one-off where... Blokes do that all the time at the pub. We'll say it to each other. Not yeah. that it's right or whatever. It's banter. I don't know that Kyle felt would have been offended by it. No. He probably offended more that he's calling him soft, that he stayed on the ground more than the word that he used. So I, I just don't know what the the agenda is really to give the guy four weeks. Like, it's PR. It, it also it's, well, that's the thing. It, 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 it also now, sort of seems like this is the NRL's way of like supporting gay rights, whatever. Absolutely there are plenty is. of other yeah. avenues for the NRL to do this, and they, they don't. They just don't. I'm not saying they and have so they to, but if they want to do it, yeah. The media switch you put out, yeah. which said something like it's an inclusive yeah. game, and yeah. we don't condone this. And of course, I don't agree with but, but it either. I'm not well, saying like, I yeah. defend it, but it's the same as the racist yeah. stuff. Of course, I don't yeah. want it in the game. But when it's said uh, in in a way like you said, anyone would say. 
not thinking it in that way. You yeah. think it is no, just get up. It's like I said, if it's if it's had soft cock or well, if you take whatever it back else, the, uh, not pee, thinking about it, it is, gets nothing. If yeah. you put it towards a head eye tackle, right? It would, it'd be what careless. He, yeah. The bloke didn't do it maliciously. It was well, even if he did. That's yeah. what's it's that? A that's a reckless. Comment. That's a reckless charge, yeah. which blokes have been getting two weeks for. So how it turns into four, well, I don't well, understand. Well, what's the biggest but. suspension this year? The six weeks that was given the other week. Barnett, the Barnett, right? So Barnett got six weeks for deliberately elbowing somebody, and Montoya got four weeks for saying one word that's slipped out of his mouth, and I'm sure he regrets. Like it's not equal. It's not equal. Junior Paulo nearly took a bloke's head off and got a week. Mm. Like seriously, and. Look, I don't. I I could live with a week or two. Four weeks just seems way too excessive. So do I. You know, it, it it smacks of just bowing down to a, a group the same as they have women in league round and women do great things in rugby league but we've had blokes that have assaulted their wives or hit a female or gone to glass a female they haven't got any weeks no but then that's happened but we have women in they league get letters round. actually they get letters of recommendation from former CEOs when yeah. they correct yep. so so that's what I mean let let's look at this in perspective here yep. even in terms of that violence against women and somebody calling someone else the word that he used, to me, it's not the same thing. Like, no. the, where, where, where are we here? Pretty good summary. I don't know where do we go from there realistically. Yeah, it's, and, a, and it's a PR campaign. And yeah, and I don't. And I just want to reiterate it because I don't want anyone to think that we're defending no, what he said at all. We're 100% just saying not. the consistency across the board isn't right. And you looked at cannonball tackles and head eyes and all the rest of it. Yeah, the penalties don't saying, match up. The punishment yeah. doesn't fit the crime, in my opinion, and it's my opinion. That's. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, agree, and that's yeah, I guess the main reason I want to raise. That was the main issue out of the judiciary this week. Uh, Injury-wise, well, Souths have lost the trail for eight weeks now. They reckon you'll miss Origin 1. Obviously, a blow for them. They've already made a replacement in TAF, so there's that. But big blow. I don't know. There's nothing obvious we can really add to it. But a very quick one-word thought on the spot. Who's your Origin centre? Well, at the start of the year, I would have said probably Katoni Staggs, but no. (laughs) Oh... Lomax might have to have a big few weeks. There's no one sort of jumping off the top of my head. Do you go Tago? Like Stephen Crichton. Do you oh Stephen Crichton would be I, mine. I went the other I went the other one, but Stephen he, was Crichton. In, he was in the squad last year. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Crichton for mine. Yeah, that's have to be Crichton, I think your top three would be yeah, Crichton, Lomax and probably Ramian at the moment. Actually Stags yeah. is someone I would that still could have if he comes I would flying still out of the gates. But throw Bert, throw Burton back into that well, setup, he'll be a great centre. And there's another there's another guy that's been around the camp, Campbell Graham. In the past, yeah, that's been, was in oh, the camp no, he last be, year. Yeah. Well, actually, so he's playing good footy last year. Campbell Graham's another one he's with the Brighton yeah. that have been in the system. So you'd think they'd go with somebody that's been in the system well, yeah. before. Crichton was 18th man for all three games last so year, they, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah so. be out of those two, Crichton or um, Gamble Graham, I would think would be the first two. Yep. Well, on last year, they were next in line. Yeah. Uh, Waka Blake's MCL, so four to six weeks there. Another blow for Para, but starting to find some form too they, after a couple of lean years. Well, very good on the wing. Mm. Uh, great, uh, yeah. So shame for him being on the wing. That was probably the right spot for him. They have already made me. Nia Corey comes in and did pretty well there last year, so they 
Panasini might even be better on the wing. Well, there's talk there's, that there might even be another young fella coming up. Yeah, they've got the, the young, young Fijian fella yeah, coming under the wing. But, yeah. but uh, for now, that's the thing. And Newcastle have been hit by a few. Dom Young and Momosia uh, both out as well. They've been they've copped a fair bit lately. So Dom Young, another one that just seemed to be starting to get into his work a little bit. And, yeah, but they've bought in. Ed, they've bought in Edric Lee, who you're getting pretty much the same. For them, I don't know that they lose too much yeah, with, with Edric Lee in the team. Yeah, but then again, I'm always tentative when like players have missed a season. Absolutely. He was out all the last year, so yeah. we know what he can bring, time. but let's see if he can still bring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that covers off the news. Let's get into our reviews. Round five kicked off with Manly 30, putting a sword to Newcastle 6. Barney, you can take us away with the stats. Yeah, just for anyone that um, has only started listening to us recently, I always do my stats as the home team first. So any of the numbers that you hear, the first team will be the, the home team and the second set of stats will be the away team. So we had night six, Manly 30. One try to five. One out of one conversions played four out of five for Manly. And one out of one penalty attempts for Manly. 69% completion played 76%. 29 out of 42 sets played 32 out of 42. One line break to three, 16 tackle busts to 30, eight offloads to three, two force dropouts from Manly, 0-40-20s, 334 tackles for the Knights, 290 for Manly. Two ruck infringements to five, one inside the 10 against Manly, seven penalties conceded to eight, 13 errors to 11, Randall made 46 tackles, Croker made 49, Bradman Best with 135 running metres, Garrick with 154, Dane Gagai missed four tackles and made 12. Foran missed three and made 10. Saab made two and missed three. Oh, sorry, made three and missed two. Cool. Um, I thought this game was... Well, I thought Newcastle were pretty poor at the back end. It was pretty close to the first 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, the difference was the Manly bench, which I believe you might have even forecast there, Barney Boy. Uh, they made they straightened Manly up. They were very direct. Dylan Walker was great. Carl Lawton was great. But you know, not playing anything, not doing. Anything. Rewrote the book. They just no. ran hard. And um, were the differences they tied in the wet. Uh, and I think Alloy's made a difference to their pack because his work through the work in the middles helped out. Alakatao, who's played these last two weeks, has been really good. And um, yeah, as a result, they're they're a better football team than they were the first couple of weeks. They're hitting their strides. Uh, Newcastle. I think I said it in the message the other day, and it might, we won't spend too much on it, but a thought I had is, like, gay guy's gone there, and, uh, yeah, he's been good for a few weeks, but how many clubs, how many players change a whole club's culture, and how many clubs change a player's culture? What's going to rub off more by the end of the year is a concern I start to have now. Uh, he got owned by Telekai last week. He was, I think he was okay this week. Wouldn't be raving about him, but... Um, you can all touch on it as you, as you get to your comments. But um, they were my main takeaways from the game. With the injuries involved now, I'm happy to peg Newcastle back to where they were last year, and that's how I'll treat them. Uh, what do you reckon, Ollie? You, well, I reckon what sort of... dog eyes over there. What sort of uh, <laughs> done Newcastle in for me is when they were down 10-6 and Ponga went over for the disallowed try, and that just seemed to change the whole complexion of the game. Newcastle looked like they were building a little bit of momentum sort of coming out off the second half and we might have had a bit of a contact test on our hands and when it looked like Ponga went over I thought well Newcastle might go on with this with how it's looking but when it got disallowed it just seemed like they went right well we've lost but that, that's the impression I got that one try got disallowed and I guess yeah, it comes back to the culture and it comes back to the mentalities obviously the players wouldn't have been thinking that but a decision like that would have hit them 
it hit them so hard that Manly were able to go and score a, a few more tries and make it a blowout. So that that was my big takeaway from the game, how Newcastle and certain clubs, it, it just seems to be their skin's not very thick, they're quite thin, and they something like that, and it just literally changes the whole game for, for them. They don't sort of stay to that same level. And... At the end, of, I wouldn't say that's what cost them the game, but that's definitely the decision that made Newcastle think they'd lost the game. So, yeah, Fair call, Gumpy. Yeah, Manly ran harder and tackled harder. They wanted the game. I didn't ever think Newcastle were in it, and I did change my tip when like Turbo was out, and I, I originally thought um, Manly had win, then went to Newcastle, and they were just... I thought they were pretty impotent, really. The Knights, on the night, the... Manly forwards got on top and DCE owned them after that with, with his game and Okolatu on the edge. I think they, they owned the Knights and look, I think that they're, the Knights are in trouble. They find difficulty in scoring points. Who was that second row? Olakawatu. <laughs> um, Refunded. <laughs> yeah, so look, yeah, Manly really owned them. I know that Ollie, when he spoke about Ponga scoring the try, thought that the complexion of the game may have changed when it was disallowed. Yeah, they they fell apart more than they already had in the first place. Yeah, I didn't ever think Manly were ever going to lose the game, even when it was close. I thought, oh, Manly will win by six, and they ended up winning by 20. So, you know, pretty simple, really, in the end for them. Um, Mr. Supercoach points, Ola Kawatu yeah. with 83, Lawton with 71, DCE with 69, and then there was four other Manly players before you got down to Kurt Mann for Newcastle, who got 49 Supercoach points. So you see the difference there in the attacking stats, but um, I thought it was a pretty ordinary game, realistically, for the first 20, 30 minutes of this game. Um, from both teams, there's a lot of errors, a lot of penalties um, that dominated the flow of the game, which just made a breakdown for that first half an hour. And neither team really settled down. Manly were the first ones to settle down and they came off the back of a good kicking game and good field position, basically. And that's the way they got themselves into the game. Started to settle down and build pressure and then started to score some points. There was a space of about probably 10 minutes before halftime and the, the first 15, 20 out of the second half where there was some really good football. Some nice short passing, uh, some nice footwork and there was some, um, a couple of nice tries. As you mentioned, there was that bomb try by Randall from off the kick of Ponga under the post there where Newcastle did look like they were starting to sort of heat up and take a bit of an advantage, but their injuries absolutely crueled them throughout the game. Um, they're running on fumes at the moment. There's not a lot coming yeah. through. Their, their bench is looking um, weaker and weaker by as the weeks go by. So um, they could realistically lose the next four or five games and be, what, two from a seven or eight come round nine, ten um, going into Origin. So... Um, it is a bit alarming there for the Knights, Knights supporters. but um, And they gassed out again at the end of the game. They just completely ran out of gas, had no, nothing left. Um, <laughs> there was nobody left. The Kurt Mann and maybe Frizzell was still having a crack, but the rest of them looked like it, they'd it, pretty it much given up. The score flattered Manly slightly in that. Like you said, they, they felt like it was going to be a comfortable 6-8-10 win, but Manly in no doubt, and it became a... Yeah, there's some Mickey Mouse stuff at the end. Yeah. A landslide at the end, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I thought si- the, both the Saifidi boys were okay, and so was Frizzell. Randall was easily the best, I thought, for um, for Newcastle and Ponga. And Ponga um, in patches, but that bloke, I don't know what's the yeah, go we, with Ponga, look, to be honest. Um, there's 
What he is said, the go with Ponga? Because oh, well, he doesn't he's like been contact. Piled on, he doesn't like getting hit. Does not like contact uh, at but all. It, it's becoming it, well, social media lands now aware of it. I think he's got quite uh, a few um, mental issues as well. I think when he starts to get down on himself, he really gets down on himself and starts, you know, kicking stones. And you're never going to, you know, pull a, pull a bad performance and turn it into a good one when you when you got a mindset like that. So. Um, when they're up and running and there's plenty of free space in front of him, he, lo- he likes to get himself involved on that left-hand side when there's holes in front of him. But when there's a full line of defence there, he, he gets rid of the ball pretty quick so <laughs> and makes it somebody else's problem when he's outside. comment on Ponga? Yeah, I think he's just the victim of, yeah, some, some head noises, but the team he's playing in, like a lot of players, I think it's the, the team he's playing in and... Look, he's double-teamed every time he gets the ball in an attacking position. So when they're in good ball, the Knights, the side that Pong is on, they just load up the defence on that side. Um, and when they go the other side, there's nothing there that really threatens the opposition. So I think that he's a little bit of a victim of, of circumstance. I think he played better with someone like Mitch Pearce. When Mitch Pearce was there, I know that not everybody was a Mitch Pearce fan, but I think it, it took some of the pressure off Ponga that Pearce could possibly do some other things for them. But I think now he's he's a victim of and, the and team that he plays yep. in. Yeah, and uh, number one seat holder in the Jake Clifford fan club, Ollie. Your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have to agree with Gump wholeheartedly in terms of sort of a victim of where he is. You brought up the club culture. Well, what's Ponga? He's been at Newcastle since he was eighteen, nineteen. He's played the majority of his first grade career bar maybe three games at Newcastle he hasn't really known anything else and just realistically it, it's weird they've made the finals the past two years but yes but it sort of seems like the culture's gotten a bit worse in a way it I don't know I just feel the like culture yeah, is it's the culture. where it is like, yeah, he's, it, it is how it is and that's all he's really known for his first grade career like and he, the, he's and obviously they, got the talent, and it, we can always say, right, if this player was playing for Melbourne, they'd be great. But, if, yeah, if Caelan Ponga was playing for Melbourne, I don't think we'd be having this conversation If right you're Caelan Ponga, would you rather... If, if they offer him 1.2 to stay, which or whatever they're going to offer him, he can stay there till he's 27, and he can probably stay in five years for it because that's what they'll throw at him. Why would you leave? Yeah, exactly. Cruise around and do whatever, uh, who but cares? The, but that's the thing. The, the or do you want to challenge yourself and go... So another person, maybe he would. Someone else would yeah. say, no, I'll take 900 under Bennett and see what he gets out of me. But Well, that's the thing, yeah. It's not necessarily him going to the the Dolphins, which he would be, but it's him going to play under Wayne Bennett. And I think that yeah. could make it even just for a year or two and he could be a completely different player. Yeah. From all reports the past couple of weeks, that's not going to happen, but... Well, I think, I think he's better off at the Dolphins, personally. Ooh, yeah. They've got the Bromwiches, they've got Kafusi, they've got Ray Stone, who knows, but they've got the nucleus of a pretty good forward pack. They've they got three blokes from Melbourne yeah. who yeah. they should be off the front foot playing. But another thing I want to get back to, in rugby league, people talk about culture. There's only two types of culture in a rugby league club. <laughs> good a bad. winning one and a losing oh, one. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're the only two types of culture that there are. And they talk about this, that and the other. Work hard and there's a hard working culture. The teams that work the hardest win yeah. and the teams that don't lose. It, it, it's yeah. that simple when we talk about the culture of a, of a club. It, it changes when you win. It's pretty si- – <laughs> and, and to your point, you, you mentioned the top six are pretty obvious. Who tackles the hardest and runs the hardest in the comp? Mm, Who's not in the top six that, yeah. that 
tackles Correct. and runs harder. Well, that you think are more committed than those no, teams. It's, yeah. it's pretty and, uh, type, Well, we talk about a Newcastle player, someone that sort of, I'd, I'd say a lot of people have been noticing recently since he's gone to Melbourne, Josh King, sort of a, a nobody at Newcastle, but all of a sudden he's at Melbourne. And he's and trying really hard. Yeah, try, yeah trying hard. He's probably he's fitter than he's ever he's, been in yeah. his life, he's I would imagine. He's playing to his ability because yeah. he's working hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a hundred percent, and that's yeah. and that's that's the culture, and the culture at Melbourne is a winning one. And I'll tell you, he's yeah. also that's got a, he's also got the win. right backing behind him as well. well. Like again with the top six, have a look at the top six, and have a look through the starting thirteen, and how many blokes you'd look at and go, they don't look like they're fit enough to play. Yeah, and then you look at the bottom six, and there's probably four or five in every team, and you're like, oh, is he fit enough to be playing? Yeah, for this or team, is he, or well, is he a first grader? Yeah. <laughs> it's more to the point, and, and and it was really noticeable, I think, this weekend that. There was lots of teams where I just went, well, <laughs> one of them especially, where they said the bloke shouldn't be playing first grade. But, yeah, a lot of the better there's, teams there's just... No buts or maybe. There's no There's no let-up. They just keep coming, and the, the teams down the bottom, you see that they, they stop for 10 minutes. So the yeah. whole team pretty much stops because they can't keep going. So. You can see the golf in the comp bigger now, last year and this year, and people say this year it's been a bit more even. And I yeah, tend for three to, weeks. I tend to disagree. Yeah. I think the top teams, when they play the bottom teams put in 60% effort and that's all they need yeah, to yeah, yeah. and they still look like they're trying than other teams like Cronulla on the weekend were poor yeah. for, for the way that they've been going with the yeah. errors and stuff like that and they would have been pissed off with their performance that, that, yes. but they did enough still to beat the Tigers by yeah. it should have been 30 nil and they still looked better playing to half of their ability we'll say half yes yeah. And it, so that's it, well, it's what I was about Penrith. I know, I know the line you, lo- you love is the death by a thousand cuts, but the other line I use is they earn the right in the first 20 to win the game and the rest of the day. Correct. And, and they go, right, when they, they would know 25 minutes in, this game's over. And they, it's and whether they, they want to win by 40 or, win, or that's cruise right. around. And, and, they, and you know what? Yeah. You probably can't play. And that, that's what I said about Penrith at the start of the year. I didn't know whether they could play at that intensity every week. But they don't have to. No. <laughs> when they're playing 10 of the teams, they don't have to play with that intensity. They've yeah. only probably got to do it eight weeks in the year when they play the other four good teams. And you can't begrudge. And, and the only people that win are margin players and super coach players. But well, if they're taking Cleary <laughs> off after 60 minutes every second week, well, good on them. And that's, if, that's, if they don't need him, there. Hey, if you're, if you're a cutter, then you've got to put up with that. Oh, yeah. It's the same as a wet track or a... Dry track or whatever, yeah, it's exactly fine. the same thing. Yeah, but you Let's can't finish this off anyway. Yeah, you got a 3 going, 2 one, so, What are you thinking? Well, um, I thought the, the the only threats that Newcastle really had to me looked like Best, Ponga, and maybe Gay Guy to, that were going to score points, and they didn't. So um, I thought Davey and Crocker were okay. Um, Lawton was really strong from the bench, added, as you mentioned, straightened them up and gave him a, um, a creative option out of that dummy half. He's He looks to me like he's got a lot more creative. Um, Creative ball Croker. play than Croker out of nine, um, and stronger and bigger, and a good yeah, defensive and real good be. defensive player. But yeah. if you can, you know, if you're going to bring him on the bench as an impact player, you can't really begrudge him that either. Um, I thought Olakawatu was the three points in this game. DC with two, and then I had either Lawton or Randall for the one. I maybe Lawton. I would have had yeah. Walker in there probably ahead. Of, maybe even ahead of DC, but uh, there, there was some soft stuff at the end, I suppose. Give it to, what do you reckon? I'm happy to go with Lawton. He had a good impact off the bench. Yep. Lawton, scored, a, so scored a good try. Lawton won. Yeah. Yep. 25-24, the Warriors. Uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita, was it? No, it's oh, Johnson. Johnson, Johnson that took the kick of field Sorry, goal. Sorry, I was thinking yeah. of the uh, Field goal in a, an entertaining game of footy. In a Back way. and forth. Back Bit of rubbish in between. Football. There was some soft yeah. shit in there, I suppose. But uh, 
Barney, tell us the stats yeah, and you can lead with your thoughts as well. Four tries apiece, four out of four conversions for the Warriors and two out of four for the Cowboys. One out of five field goal attempts for the Warriors and two out of two attempts at penalty for the Cowboys. 82% completion, uh, played 92% for the Cowboys. 33 out of 40 sets, played 38 out of 41. Five line breaks apiece. 36 tackle busts for the Warriors, played 25 for the Cowboys. Four offloads to 12. One force dropout by the Cowboys. One 40-20 for the Warriors. 393 tackles played 314. Five ruck infringements played one. Two inside the 10 to zero. Three penalties conceded to six. Eight errors to five. Curran with 54 tackles. Gilbert with 34 tackles. Fanua Blake with 167 metres. And Drinkwater with 200. Um, this game I thought was pretty much like the performances that you get out of most clubs most weeks. Uh, out of both of these clubs each week. Half of it was decent and half of it was rubbish. Um... <laughs> Drinkwater got 92 supercoach points, Curran with 88 and Aiken with 84. Um, they just, both these teams at times did everything they could to gift the opposition field position and, and points. There was some pretty poor on goal. Oh, the, the goal line defence from the Cowboys was what lost them this game. I thought they were the better team for the majority of this game, but every time the Warriors got within 10 to 15 metres, they seemed to run over the top of somebody or run past somebody untouched and score, and score their tries. So... Um, yeah, I thought Nanai had a pretty poor game, um, considering how he blew onto the scene. On the other hand, Lolo, uh, uh, Tom Alolo was fantastic yeah. again. Uh, he's improving each week. He looks like he's he's pretty happy now where, with what time he's being given and the role that he's being given. And it's to just basically play like a front row at the moment. He's not doing much else apart from running it straight down the guts and making pretty good defensive um, decisions in the middle, so... I thought um, those two were, were strong. Gilbert and Dearden were decent, but Drinkwater was a standout. Um, in attack, obviously, his defence has always had question marks and always will. But in defence, he was probably the, realistically their best option. Every every time they got close, he was their go-to. And he put on some nice plays to get some points for the Cowboys. The Warriors' back line struggled, I thought. Um, Reese Walsh was OK. And Arthur's was pretty good, but the rest of them you could probably put a pen through. They did not play well at all in this game. And that sort of... I actually thought the Warriors would be a lot better in the backs in this game and probably be better than the Cowboys, but I thought the Cowboys dominated in the back lines. Um, their forwards kept them in it with, um, but, you know, Bunty Afoa was OK, so was Sean Johnson. Fanua Blake was yeah. pretty good, but the two standouts were Aitken and Curran. I thought they were the best forwards on the field, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, you've, you've no, taken no, the words go. out of my mouth, but I want to just butt in and wrap those two because you and Aitken, 18 months ago, was a centre, yeah. and he's doing the, as hard a work as anyone in the back row. I think was it was 40, yeah, 45 tackles uh, and 40, uh, eight tackle busts. Uh, gets down and dirty, and it is what you'd want at any club. And every time least. he's near the try line, he's a threat. And, like, and he can looks score. like he's going to so, score a try. Um, he's yeah. actually, just to throw a spoiler in there, I'm saluting him this week because uh, it's been a pretty impressive transition and good on him, that's all. Uh, keep going. I'm done. Bro. No, you keep going. Uh, no, well, you, you've taken all the words out of my mouth. Um, yeah, come. Yeah, look, I concur with Barney as well. And the thing with you and Aitken now, he's playing to his limitations. Mm. As a centre and whatnot, I never thought he was very skillful or good at passing the ball or anything like that. So now he's, he's just got his role and he's running hard and he's tackling hard and he, he's doing his A little job. bit of an offload and in him. He, yeah, yeah and, and sort of playing a little bit differently as he would as a centre. So maybe he probably should have been in the back row 
before mm. um, in terms of that. His body, he's not huge, but he's athletic. He's, um, he's strong. You can I'll see you what, strong, yeah, the way he, he pushes oh, guys. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. He's not going back to New Zealand next year. Yeah, yeah, he's chasing him. Yeah, look. I, if I was a tiger, like, <laughs> if you're a tiger fan, tig- yeah, oh. yeah, if only. Um, I'd want him at the, the Tigers. I'd say year. there's probably only two or three teams that won't chase him, and it's only because they don't have room for him. Well, <laughs> I mean, hey, as a Titans fan, I'm, I'm happy to do a swap deal with a certain for someone, certain <laughs> overrated 1.25 million dollar second rower. But um, look, yeah, and I, look, I agree with what Barney had to say. The forwards for the the Warriors were were much better, and the Cowboys' backs looked. Far more threatening. I'll probably give away my slap for the end of the show, but um, <laughs> yeah, just throw him in wherever now. Yeah. Adam for Newell Blake trying to clean up that ball in the in goal one handed. As the captain of the team, I just don't think that shows the required effort or attention to detail. Absolutely. And again, that's why the Warriors are where they are on the ladder. And that, that they, yeah. they, you want your captain in that position. Look, it was good he was there. He's a property. Yeah, he was yeah, there. Yeah. But when you're there, you can't just try and grab it one-handed like he did very casually. And there's no attention to detail there. So what does that tell the rest of the players? It's a bit... You know, and the, yeah. Rafferty's rules. So, look, he, he was good other than that. But for that reason, I'd give him a slap in terms of just catch it two-handed yeah. and and stop six points being scored because that was entirely nothing on there. There was no Cowboy player near the ball, so he had plenty yeah. of time to do what he had to do. And that's a real shame because... Th- at least for the past 18 months, Curran sort of come into that role a bit more too, but he's sort of been the standard setter for the Warriors as well, sort of. He's been the one at least putting in all the effort. And it's which probably just good, a brain, brain explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he runs hard, yeah. he tackles hard. Well, that, yeah. But, but you've got to do that, and that's the problem. You can't just do that for 40 minutes. Yeah. You've got to be concentrating for 80 minutes for you to be a competitive footy team, and that's why... You get what you get with the Warriors. You get it for 40 minutes, and then for the other 40 minutes there, I don't know what they're thinking about, but it's not catching footies. <laughs> the, the only other one I'll mention, just before we move on, I think you put a message in the chat, uh, basically yeah, suggesting Harris DeVee looked good and uh, some clubs could use him. He, yeah. he, he brings points to the oh, table. And I'd love him as a seven for the Bulldogs yeah. with Burton yeah. at six. He's definitely got some structure about his game as well. So. Yeah. And he's got a bit off the bit of off the cuff he's stuff tough. as well. He's tough. You know, he's, he, I think he's a really good player. Mm. Again, probably not in the right team. Yeah. Just caught me in a mid-mouthful there, Barney. <laughs> Three, two, one. Who did you have? Aiken, Curran, and then I either had Drinkwater or Sean Johnson for the one point. I'd probably go Johnson. I liked what I saw. For, I, it, it's a weird thing to say, obviously, because it seems obvious, but the Warriors are a better team with him in it. You do see the sort of the better performances from other players from him being in the team. I'm okay with that. Johnson won. Yep. Roosters 24, Brisbane 20. Uh, no, yeah, that's right. It was his main event on the Friday night. 10-0 half-time, Brisbane are ahead. And uh, this was, I guess, classic Brisbane in the last 18 months. They... Looked like a good team, and then they weren't. <laughs> Barney, what the yeah, stats four say? Four tries apiece, two out of four for Brisbane, four out of four conversions for the Roosters. A missed two-point field goal attempt by the Broncos. 83% completion for the Broncos, 71 for the Roosters. 35 out of 42 sets played 30 out of 42. Four line breaks to five. 36 tackle busts played 30 for the Roosters. Five offloads to nine. One force dropout by the Broncos, zero 40-20s. 
324 tackles played 341, two ruck infringements to three, two inside the tens to zero, five penalties conceded from both teams, 10 errors played 13, Capewell made 37 tackles, Radley made 45, Haas with 205 metres, and Tupu with 187. Stags missed five tackles, made 18. Foran missed three and made six. And Tessie New missed three and didn't make a tackle. Um, oh, and Momorovsky missed nine and made eight. Mm. Supercoach points, Stags with 106. Manu with 104. And Oates with 98. Ollie, what did you take away from this? I took away that my man is back officially. Joey Manu, he looked... Stupendous. He was stupid. On Friday night, I thought he was amazing. Proving, once again, that he is a top 10 player in the NRL. No, he at the moment, no, he's not. But um, it was a great performance. I thought that uh, Rory Hargreaves was really good as well. There was obviously the uh, the odd the odd call. Um, the Yeah, the um, leg grab with Ryan James, it's... It was a bit pedantic there from the referee, to say the very least. But um, I thought I won't let that overshadow his really good performance. I thought on both ends of the field he was. And I'd say for Brisbane, Payne Haas was Payne Haas, putting in a lot of that effort. It was interesting. We've spoken about Katoni Staggs the past couple of weeks. I feel like he he was more on the defensive side for most of the season. I feel like he sort of tilted that a bit. I think he looked a bit better in attack. But then again, his, his defence suffered for it. it. It seems like he can. he's a bit a one-trick pony in that sense where he can only do one or the other, not both. Whereas, obviously, if you're going to be a consistently really good player in the NRL, you have to attack and defend. So he, he obviously still made his tackles, like 18 tackles from a centre is good most weeks, but he also let a fair few go as well. So, yeah. yeah, I thought it wasn't a bad game. But it was it was close. It was not what Brisbane I still managed to play decent tempo, don't they? Yeah, they, they I, yeah I thought Brisbane, well, the first half, they were really good and they, yeah. it showed at half-time and I still thought the Roosters would probably do enough to win in the second half, but if they played like they did in the first half and Brisbane were close to being like they were in the first half, I think it's a different result and it still nearly is. Brisbane, really, it's four tries each and it's goal-kicking that's that sort of cost them the game in the end, so Brisbane really weren't that far off. And I'm still not convinced with the Roosters going forward. I know that, you know, that individually players were better this week than they had been in previous weeks. I th- Sam Walker was really good um, this week. He, you know, he's he'll do enough to win them five or six games on his own with, with what he's doing. Joey Manu was great. Wabari Hargreaves was, was really good. Um, Luke Keary is... It's taking longer than I thought it might take him to sort of come back. I don't know, he had a season off with injury and it can take its toll, but he's missing in action for that that game and for most of the season hasn't really sort of done too much as yet. Mm. And we know how good of a player he is and it might just be taking him a little bit yeah. longer to get some confidence. And, you know, if he does, the Roosters will obviously improve greatly. Again, um, yeah, the Broncos, Payne Hass was good. Stags was good in attack. Um, you know, other than that, they were sort of around about. I did, nobody really stood out and blokes sort of did their job and ran hard and tackled hard. But again, like those bottom teams, they, they, sort of, they concentrate for 40 minutes and fall asleep for, for 20. And in that 20 minutes, the sort of the game goes. They're not good at 
when the other team has momentum, Brisbane aren't any good at stopping points. They leak points mm. when the other team has momentum and they can't come back after that. And it sort of makes it really difficult. But, you know, I'm still not 100% sold on the Roosters and the Broncos, I... the I was off last week, but the week before I said the Broncos were shit. It was better than a shit performance yep. from them. They, they were they were pretty good, really, for, for Brisbane and, and my expectations of how they play. So, yeah. Well, the first 40 minutes out of Brisbane, I think, is probably the best performance I've seen in 10 years come out of that club. Yep. Um, they were really strong. Their defensive line speed was We said that last amazing. time they played the Roosters. Yeah. Their line speed was amazing in that first half, and their the, the speed they were running onto the ball for that first 20 or 30 minutes, they were all over the top of the Roosters. The Roosters, really, most other teams in the comp probably would have been behind by 20 at halftime. And the Roosters did well enough to, you know, stay sort of somewhere in touch. That was, it, And it came back to their scramble and their determination to try and keep the Broncos out because the Broncos could have scored another three or four tries going in, coming into halftime. And then it, it would have been game over because, as you said, the one of the most average performances out of the Roosters for quite a while, apart from a couple of standouts in Manu who bullied his way over the line twice to get him back in the game and win the game. Literally, for him. well, we, everyone's raving. It. it it's baffling to see everyone rave about the Fafita run when Manu's probably both of Manu's tries were exactly the same. As good, it stood someone up, then ran over the top of yeah. someone, dragged someone with him to the try line um, both times. Sam Walker did look good. My take on the Roosters at the moment is they. They don't have a dummy half that's given them any good service at all. The the speed, the, the ball's coming out of dummy half is slow, stagnant. The only person that gets any advantage is Walker because he bounces around and he can get on the inside or the outside of someone and then it works from there. But the, the ball's way. getting so... It's so slow to get out to the outside backs and they then they start... You get Kiri and Tedesco running around in circles because they're not sure where to go. There's The ball's... You know, they're getting slow ball and the, the defence is in their face by the time they've got the ball. So Big week for Verrills this week, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, the Roosters got back into it with just basically playing some short passing and um, players in support of each other running direct lines at the Broncos and got them on the back foot, got a few points out of it and it was Manu who won in the game easily. <laughs> if he's not there, they lose by 18 points. Guzzi Crichton, uh, best game of the year, yep. back a bit. I think more than half his metres were post-contact, uh, did well and looks he won't be far away from starting in, I'd assume, but um, if he's going to play 50 minutes a, a week, then maybe this is what we get from him these days. But uh, he's the only one I want to mention. Everyone else has covered off really well. Three, two, ones. Manu, three. Yep. Uh, who are you going next, Barn? Oh, two Ten for Stags, just for the the attacking display he put up in that first half. He was um, he was in absolute beast mode. He was just throwing blokes off and stepping inside, outside. Scored a couple of tries. Probably could have set up another one or two with um, you know, a bit more combination. By the end of the year, I think he'll be um, he should be flying. But we'll see what happens. And um, one goes to Walker. He was easily the best half on the field. I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to make a case for crying, but actually, Payne Haas is going we legit need to make a case for but up to you two I'm happy to go with Barney Payne has it's hard to give him points unless he's but sometimes you don't want to lose him in the wash either no but yeah Payne has was 9 out of 10 like he is every week 
I don't want to uh, step on Barney's toes and try and put Payne Haas in there. So uh, no, go for it, man. No, yeah, put Payne Haas in there. Put stuff Payne Haas in there. And stomp on both his toes. And a copper punch for it as well. So yeah, I know where you're going with it. Yes, yes. That's that's purely why I made the comment, Barney. Stags on two and Haas one. Haas one. Right. Storm 30, Canberra 16 stats, Barn and uh, Gumpy, you can give us your thoughts afterwards. Two tries to the Raiders, five to the Storm, two out of two conversions played, five out of five, and two out of two penalty attempts for Canberra. 67% completion for the Raiders, 82 for the Storm. 27 out of 40 sets played, 33 out of 40. Four line breaks to five, 31 tackle bust to 34, 10 offloads from both teams, a forced dropout by the Raiders, 0 40 20s, 320 tackles made by Canberra, 256 made by the Storm, two ruck infringements to zero, seven penalties conceded to nine, 13 errors to 12, Starling made 34, uh, 43 tackles, Grant with 29, Charles Nickel Klukstad with 184 metres, Munster with 160, Vellame missed four tackles, made 14, Kenny Bromwich missed five and made 28, and both the centres uh, missed four tackles each. Uh, I didn't do super coach points by the look of it, but I'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah, the rate, all you can say is the, the Melbourne spine was unbelievably good in the game. Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes' running game is next level. He's the best running halfback we've got yep. in, in the NRL. When he runs, he, he runs and he's effective, generally breaks the line, scores a try or has a line break when he line break assist when he runs with the ball. I don't want to make I don't want to make it about this, but everyone goes, Oh Luke Brooks is a running halfback. Like it's just not even the same close. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like like and, no. and it, it, the the prototype's there. I don't know why it's that hard to go, okay. But Brooks only oh. runs when he's got no other option. Yeah, Whereas we'll get to Jerome's that. used but running so and he really also got there's there's two good running halfbacks well you, you can argue Cleary's a bit of a good running halfback, but there's Hughes and Nico yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But, and, but in terms of not, and not, off, not and, taking that off, they're offering their, their teams a whole different dimension. Yeah, I don't think the Raiders were bad. They were okay. Like they, yeah. the, the score probably flattered them a bit. As, and I go back to my old adage as to were yeah. Melbourne a hundred percent? Probably not. Were Canberra a hundred percent? They may have been close to their hundred yeah, percent performance. Yeah. Yeah. How fair income were Melbourne? You know, you, you don't know unless you're on the field, I suppose. But, you know, I think that they get to the point in these games where if it gets close, they think, oh, we can score. So put we'll score and we'll yeah. just score another try. I don't know whether it's a bit of that. But, you know, you can wax lyrical about Melbourne or you want we'd say the same thing every week. And the reason that they're either the best team or the second best team in the comp is that there's not much between their best and their worst. Like when they're good, they're good. And when they're not good, they're not far off good. Yeah. So, and when they're not good, at least two of the four are playing very yeah, good. And and look, if they're not playing well, Harry's over, still busting tackles. Over the past Hugh, twenty, usually it's Hughes is their go-to to be honest. But yeah, yeah. over the past twenty years, really, how many times have Melbourne been flogged? Like you, you, yeah. you could Doesn't put it happen. on one hand. Yeah. I, the only one I can remember is because I'm a Bulldogs fan, and one year in the semis, the Bulldogs beat them thirty nil, which was a huge upset, and they beat them thirty nil in Melbourne, and that's the only time. I'm sure they have been. Oh, the flogged, grand final without Smith, correct. the Forty nil so, grand yeah, final. But I mean, but so there's not too yeah. many games. So they're always in the game, and that's why they're even when they don't play well, it's still better than what the other teams have got. Unlike the Tigers, they're always in a fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver. 
Well, I think the great man. It's hard to say any more than what Gums just said because, and again, it's indicative of the league. A lot of teams are crap when the I'll call them the one percent because there's that few of them. When the one percent are versing them, then they're not going to be playing at a hundred percent, and that was apparent with Melbourne. Uh, I thought it was a bit odd. It was probably my moment of the weekend. Um, Canberra deciding to go for the penalty goal. Right and full time. So. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I think Warren Smith said on commentary. Someone had to pick the score. He, well, <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, like, um, I think Warren Smith said um, they must be waiting for their pizzas, uh, post-game pizzas in the oven or something still. They might not be quite ready yet. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a tad bit strange. But, yeah, I've, I've really just got to echo Gump's sentiments is that yeah, really, Canberra did not look horrible at all. They looked a better team than when they got flogged by the Cowboys as a bit of a parameter. But they're obviously up against a much better team, so the result's going to be very similar. If they make the eight with a margin of two points, well, yeah, and you know that could happen. You know what? That's a, you That's know probably they're, so, they're one of those teams in the they weren't yeah, gonna score a Canberra, try, Yeah, so. Canberra's probably thinking there's so much crap. We could actually still make the top eight, but we've got to get every point we can. So every point yeah. probably does count for about four teams. Yeah, yeah. actually, that that should be they're the, in that the mix, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, for that eight spot. Yep. Yep. No fair yeah. cause. Um, which way are we going to throw out Harry Munster Hughes? Well, I thought in three twos. One. First ten minutes, I thought um, the Raiders were pretty good. And then Storm took I over, but yeah, they, <laughs> they weren't anywhere near their best. There was some clunky stuff out of their attack, and especially in that first half. But it's their spine. As soon as that six, seven, nine, and one decided to run, and that was basically what they did. They all ran first, and then looked for options afterwards. They just tore the Raiders' middle apart um, and seemed to do it at ease. There was only realistically 10 minutes at the back end of both halves where Melbourne sort of let up, just cruised, put it put it into second gear and just cruised through to the end of the, of both halves and that was the only time that Canberra looked like they were going to threaten to score any points. Again, it was Whiten on the, on his own trying to, you know, run the ball and maybe a little grubber here and there, but that was about it. They realistically they're going to need to fix their attack up. It, like that young Schneider's looking like a much better half than Whiten at the moment mm, as yeah. a ball player and someone yeah. who can provide points for other people. Whereas Whiten, realistically, he's, he's a centre or a back rower these days. All he does is run the ball hard and step off his foot. And yeah, I think he needs to go back into the centres or into into the back row, and they need to find another creative half to put alongside Schneider. But that's um, I'm guessing they don't have it. Otherwise, they might have already tried that. Who knows? Well, Tarpany and Horsberg were probably the best forwards for the Raiders. I mentioned Schneider. I thought he was strong again. And Kotrick actually probably had one of his better games since coming back to the Raiders. As well as Ch- Chance. Um, yeah, he just runs hard up the middle. That's what he does. Uh, Starling was the best Raider on the field again. It, ever since he's been back on the field for the Raiders, he's been their best player, I think, week after week for the last two or three weeks. Well, he's anyone, as Gump has reiterated, with any pace? With a bit of pace, gets out, runs first, looks yeah. for options. Um, Josh King, you mentioned him earlier, Ollie. Yeah. He was fantastic, and Olam was uh, was pretty good as well. But um, I already said it, the 6-1, 7-9, you've got to try and sort out <laughs> who was the best out of those three. They were fantastic. Um, I thought Munster and Harry actually controlled the match more than the other two. The other two just yeah. sort of played their part on the back of... Uh, the control given by Munster and Harry. So I went with Munster with three points. I had Harry with the two, and then I had Jerome Hughes with the one. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of the four of them, yeah. I've left Pappy out. Agree. Like My a, argument yeah. was which one gets three more than him, and um, I'm okay. Yeah, well, Hughes finished better than Pappenhausen did, and the other two created everything, I yep. thought. So I had Hughes no, with 91 Supercoach points, Munster with 84, Grant with 79. 
Bunnies 24, Dragons 12 was the mid-Saturday game. Probably a comfortable-ish result for Souths. Uh, yeah. Slight, yeah. If not flattering, but uh, tell us the stats, Barn. And probably was a little flattering, but the Dragons, again, fought hard. They have done for probably most of the season. We had four tries to two, three out of four conversions for Souths, two out of two for the Dragons, one out of one penalty goals for Souths. 72% completion played 67%. 31 out of 43 sets played 29 out of 43 sets. 100-plus post-contact metres for Souths. Four line breaks to six. 31 tackle bust to 33. 11 offloads to 12. One force dropout to two. 334 tackles played 340. Two ruck infringements against Souths. Three against the Dragons. Two inside the 10 against Souths. Six penalties conceded to five. 12 errors to 17. Cook made 47 tackles. McCulloch made 36. Tane Milne with 173 running metres and Matt Feeguy with 194 and looked impressive, I thought. Yeah. Walker missed six, made 18. Embi made four, missed four. And Suli made uh, nine and missed four. Keon Kulamatungi with 98 supercoach points. Cook with 85 and Milne with 80. I thought it was Lachlan Ilias's. It's the most he's looked like a first grade halfback. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. his and looked was very pretty good. He was yeah. very good. Uh, he looked in control when he, he picked. Speaking of running, he picked the right time to run. Uh, he picked the right time to keep it clean. Colin Matungi's a, yeah. a genuine discussion for, a, a, you know, as good a second row is going he's around. He's been right nasty, now. hasn't he? He's, he's been just, very oh, good. Uh, and Campbell Graham, I've sort of flagged a little bit, but now yeah. they're, they're not. They're playing a lot Banking more to that, the right. They're, yeah. Now they're going both ways. He looks like, well, hey, a New South Wales centre. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought? Uh, but they look really good. Taff was deputised very well. Latrell's first touch was lovely and good, nice to see him score that try and um, we wish him well. But uh, I felt like it was a class above. I thought it half felt like a training run as well. And I don't really talk about any dragons because the show goes long enough. So I saw you guys good, can. But um, yeah. Barney, you can take it from here. Yeah, dragons never looked competitive, I thought, in this game. I thought they were lucky to finish as close as they did. No real attacking threats apart from um, Jaden Sewer. The trail yeah. injury hurt South for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, until Tuff sort of got his feet on, um, on the field and got his head around where he needed to be. And then um, South. Yeah, pretty much just ground the game out. They did start slow in the second half, with especially with their defence in their line speed, which was the reason that the Dragons got a few points there. It was a really poor miss on Embiid to get the mm. Dragons try. Um, first one, but um, that's just, you know, blokes not run, rushing out of the line when they shouldn't be. Um, Ilias, as we mentioned, he dominated the ball playing. He's got a really good short pass and a good short kick, and um, if he can work on the rest of it, but it all came from the quick play the balls. Cook was fantastic. Um, led by Arrow and Murray, just getting across the advantage line, hitting the ground, getting up, giving quick play the balls. And as every time they did, which we haven't seen for years and years, Cook got out and he ran and he was making 20, 30 metres, getting them on the back foot. And then once you're in and behind the team's defence, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want because you've got three or four blokes scrambling to get back on side. I thought um, Laurie and Ford were okay off the bench for the Dragons. DeBell and Bird and Lomax were okay. Matt Feigai and Sewer were the best um, attacking options for the Dragons and they looked like the best two players that they were playing. On the field for the Dragons, uh, the centres, South, South centres were really good. Both sides, um, Tane Milne and Campbell Graham was, were really good in this game. And um, Keon and Murray were close to the best players as out there, but uh, Cook was the best player on the field, I thought. 
Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, just with the Dragons, though, it's a bit a bit of a shock to me that um, young players can actually play well. I, I'd never really <laughs> thought of that before. Yeah, uh, especially the two to five; those players seem to be all right, which gets frustrating when you've got shit around them. To be I honest, what the average age of the Sharks back five would be. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, um, I have to agree with Barney. Uh, other than those four, I'd say probably Seward just about at his best game in the Dragons jersey. Yeah. Possibly because he was versus his old club, probably. Yeah. Um, but it's his old second row partner, Keon Kalawa Matangi. I was really impressed by him. It, it's crazy as well. It's almost as if Freddie has an eye for these guys. We spoke about Campbell Graham as a guy who's been in New South Wales system last year as an 18th man. I'm pretty sure Kalal Matangi was the 19th was. man for a couple of those games. Both those players have just gone to a next level this season. Whether or not Kalal Matangi can really break into the New South Wales squad, he could maybe get a spot on the bench, but... It's the hardest spot to crack. He'd probably... He'd probably at least still be 18th, 19th man, but it just goes to show, I guess, the eye for talent that Freddie has and the the talent that New South Wales have got that are possibly still going to miss out on positions in the origin you side. You know who's under threat there is Jake Trevojevic. You, you couldn't yeah. possibly pick him this He'll year, play in the middle. He'll, he'll be he'll in the team. He'll make his 40 tackles. Play, he won't miss he'll one. He'll play in the front row. He'll play in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. Where no, he's South Wales. Said it for two years. <laughs> he'll, he, he'll play in the front row. Yeah. Up to, yeah, I'd say the two standouts for me were Cook and Kalol Matangi. Um, I thought both centres were amazing as well. We spoke about Campbell Graham, but I thought Milne had a really solid game as well. His best game in a Rabbitohs jersey. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely Kalol Matangi and Cook were the standouts. And I wouldn't say one South Sydney of the game because they would have won anyway, but it was sort of their effort that got it done in the end because they were, yeah, a couple of threats from the Dragons realistically due to the large amount of crap around some certain players. It, it Nothing could really be built on what some players are offering. I'll sing from the same hymn book that I have all year for St George. They're too small. And they got dominated in the forwards, and every team will it dominate did. them in the forwards yeah. and get quick play the balls. There's no speed either in, in the forwards. There's no one that's got any footwork. You know, they get dominated in the forwards every week. Look, Anthony Griffin... May or may not be a better footy coach than us. But he's... Well, St George are lucky that the Tigers are the basket case they are and that the Bulldogs... They, the media the decided this week's a week. Out of the last 13 games, St George have won one. Canterbury yes. and the Tigers have won more games out of the last 13 yep. than St George have. Yep. And he's still named the same team this week. Yep. Like, he's got to bite the bullet now. They're not going to make the eight this year. He's probably... Andrew McCulloch, the game's passed him by. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Hunt's got to play nine. Sullivan's got to play seven. Amon's got to play six. And Sloan's got to play one. And give him a year of first grade so they're ready for next year. Wally continues to play in by. And look, Jack Bird's their best back rower, and he's playing at 5'8". Yep. So they've yeah. got to put Bird to the back row. With Sewer, there's something there. With Sewer. Let the young blokes run. Let the young blokes run, run the team this year and give them the experience for next year. The irony, is, I know teams want the irony to... is doing that actually will extend Griffin's chances because he can go, I'm blood and young blokes. That's right. If yeah. he blacks the old blokes another six weeks, how are you going to... Ha- like, what is he showing anyway? I know that supporters want immediate results. Yeah. But I but think supporters be... are more forgiving if you're watching 20-year-old blokes grow up. They've got to be fair income. Speaking from experience. He's got to be fair income now. If Moses Mbai is an NRL fullback, I'm sorry, I know he's an origin player and he, he's been a good player, but if he's an NRL fullback, so are we. Yeah. Like, yeah. like 
he's a good football player, but he's a 14 now. That's that's where he is yeah. in terms of that. They bought him as a 14. That's where why they bought him to the yeah. club. They didn't buy him as a fullback. And I know that they wanted Sloan yeah, or Ramsey. Ramsey's hurt, but Sloan should be at yeah, fullback. Yeah. And I know I was critical of him the week he played badly and he missed a few tackles. Yeah. But but even geez, then, who hasn't? Still, yeah. Who hasn't? You don't yeah. drop him right. for one game. But look so. at those young kids. If they get catch fire, they can score thirty points. Yeah. You just tell them spend the rest well, of the year getting your attack together, yeah. and we'll work on defence in the That's off right. season. At the moment, and you grab no the fort pack and go, mate. Yeah. Your job is to get them close yeah. enough, and they can do what they want. That's right. So they've got no yeah. attack, yeah. and they've got young kids that that will have a crack. And you know what? Play differently. That's yeah. what I've said with teams like the Bulldogs and whatnot. Play differently. Don't play like the other 16 teams in the comp. You're not good enough to do that. Play differently for the second half of the year and see how it goes. Can't be any worse. 100%. You've won one yeah. out of 13. So if you win three out of your next 13, you're better off than you were for the previous 13 games, aren't you? Yeah. Like that. Correct. It's simple to yep. me. Agree, agree, and I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh, so we're saying three Cook, I believe, two yeah. Kolomatungi. Yep. I, I'm still going to stump up Campbell Graham. I think he had a real good yeah, game, but Ilias yeah, would be did. the one I really mentioned. Yeah, Ilias yeah. or Sewer from the Dragons, if you really wanted to yeah. give a Dragon well, I'm one. I'm going for Campbell Graham. I went for him for centre of the year. So, well, go for him. He's, he's going <laughs> good. He'll keep going yeah. points. He's, he's, if, yeah, super well, coach. I think it was Ilias' best game of the year, so yeah. throw it up between you, those uh, two. I, I, I still think I already mentioned for Ilias just because... Yeah, give it to Graham then. Give it yeah. to Graham. Yeah. Para 26, Titans 20 kicked off the main event on the Saturday as Ollie hits the camera. Good job. And uh, it was an entertaining game. Could have been more entertaining. Maybe slightly flattering to Titans, if not more than maybe. But I what the stats say, and then we'll look. And then you can keep going, Barn. And yeah, no worries. I thought it was a bit more than maybe, but we'll yeah. save Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save Ollie for a minute. He's just mm-hmm. got a stew for a Titans bit. twenty, Parramatta twenty six. Four tries to five. T- two out of four conversions played. Three out of five for Parramatta. Eighty one percent completion played. Eighty percent. Thirty five out of forty three sets played. Thirty two out of forty. Two hundred plus post contact meters for Parramatta. Four line breaks from both teams. Seventeen tackle busts to the Titans. Twenty two to Parramatta. A stat that I don't use often, but kick return metres, 89 kick return metres for the Titans and 323 from Parramatta. That just tells you how good the kicking game was from Parramatta. Pin them down in their corners, make it, make them work it out. Ten offloads to nine, one force dropout to two, zero 40-20s, 330 tackles played, 333, three ruck infringements by the Titans, one by Parramatta, two inside the tens to Parramatta, one penalty conceded to ten, nine errors to nine... One Sinbin for Parramatta, Clark with 40 tackles, Papali'i with 39, Mazu with 148 running metres, 241 metres for Regan Campbell-Gillard. Fermor missed five tackles, made 35, Sexton missed three and made 14, Nathan Brown missed three and made 39 and that was the worst you got out of Parramatta. They dominated the first 45 minutes of this match and after about 10 or 15 minutes it looked as like the game was gone and it was going to be an absolute walkover to Parramatta I thought. Um, Simmonson's face slide was a notable moment of the game <laughs> where he slid on his face for about 10 metres. That was impressive. Um, did he end up getting a HIA for that? He did, yes. <laughs> yeah, he did. And probably a nice face burn. Yeah. Um, s- some bad luck and some really poor reads in defence on the edges for the Titans. Had a, it looked like a hiding was coming. 
but um, they they did lift up their inten- energy and intensity in the second half and um, put a bit of pressure on Parramatta and Par- Parramatta got a bit scrappy there when the pressure was put on them. Um, I'll tell you the moment that I don't have a lot to say about this game. I'll tell you the moment when they li- when Titans lifted their intensity was when their front r- when Parramatta's front row went off, no. and the moment their intensity ended was when Junior Paula came back on. It was pretty. It was actually pretty <laughs> f- to the minute. It was pretty yeah. easy to see actually. It, but, yeah, it yeah. was. Um, yeah, the Titans put on a bit of pressure. There was some poor discipline from Parramatta and, yeah, well, that call from Paulo, it, it ended up being contact in the head, but three years ago it was a good tackle, so <laughs> what do you say about it? It did slip up off the shoulder. Don't know if it deserved 10 minutes. It's definitely a penalty. Um, Just to interject, but my argument with it probably is that it's a shoulder charge. I think shoulder charges should be in the game. So I'm I'm quite happy for shoulder charges to be in yep. the game as long as they don't contact the head. Yep. Blokes tackle with their shoulder. They're supposed to use their shoulder to tackle. Mm. But the, the fact is, in, under the rules of our game, the way they stand now, it's a shoulder charge, I reckon. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Looking so back at regardless it, yeah. of where it hit him, that was a shoulder charge yeah. and it was a penalty straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then contact probably gives him the 10 minutes. Yeah, no, that's probably a fair call, to be honest. Um, the thing I did notice after the, send, after, after the 10 minutes was the, whis- the whistle went in the pocket. Mm. I think there was maybe one more penalty for the rest of the game after that. The ref absolutely just backed off and just let and the, I want, the game I actually want to play. Just give a mention to AJ, who was trying to play the case that it hit my shoulder. He was there actually going, no, it was my shoulder. Yeah, my shoulder's fucked. But, <laughs> well, then, yeah, he played the rest of the game. He didn't, he didn't down want to go for HIA, that's why. Yeah, well, that's and, true as well. And didn't go for one. Wait, oh, wait, well, that's the thing, yeah, he didn't if go Junior for HIA. If Junior Paulo so. forcefully hit you in the head with his shoulder, yeah, you'd be that would be a HIA. Absolutely, it's a HIA. His shoulder's probably bigger. So it's another issue again. Yeah. Simmonson gets sent off for sliding on his face, yeah. and Simpson doesn't get. Minutes. Sorry, why we're on the round? Fifteen minutes. Why we're on a round? Hit in the head. The professional foul for penalty now. Absolutely, is a, it's a fucking disgrace. Hate it. And there's a simple answer. It's clever. No, but the I simple answer is simple it. answer is you go, you go to the bin and then yeah. we'll check it. We'll yeah. challenge yeah. now, yeah. but you're off. You're, yeah, hundred percent. So you're just playing with twelve, but, but you might get so this challenge right. They'll think they'll quick smart be stopping. But it happened. It was this. It happened this twice. game twice. It happened you, last week. And with yeah, the Broncos. It was cooked last the week. But it was this before, game twice. I think they should have absolutely just gone. You go, and then we'll check it. Because I tell you, I'll, that's the way to fix it. It's probably the Titans' problem. Yeah, that they're worried too much about Mickey the captain's shit. challenge yeah. than actually running hard and tackling hard. Hmm. Once the whistle went away, it just became a grind to the finish line, and Parramatta was just fitter and faster at the back end of the game, and managed to close it out. Fafita with 107 supercoach points. Gutho with 97. Moses with 90. The Titans forwards' numbers were down a long way on what they've been putting out recently. I thought Jolliffe was probably the best of the forwards. Mo was okay. Brimson was very inconsequential until the last half an hour of the game when yeah. he decided that he's going to start kicking the ball and trying to set up some plays for his outside men. And, yeah, um, after he'd broken his shoulder. Then looked like close to the best player on the field. Fafita was okay. For his 10-minute patch that he puts in each week. Moses Gutho and RCG were absolutely everywhere and they were great great in this game. RCG might actually be the most underrated player in the game. And they they were involved in anything good that came out of Parramatta was RCG, Moses and Gutho. And Maddo and Papalii on the edges were fantastic as well. Yeah, I concur. Uh, Gutho guthered around and... um, 
looked as gutho as he always guthos. Uh, he was very good. <laughs> Sound analysis, my friend. But that was uh, is that's, that that's you're just right. being yourself. <laughs> All right, hang on. Gutho, gutho. But um, <laughs> you know, their, their props were the the difference in this game yeah, to start 100%. with. Uh, AJ Brit, at some point the circuit breaker needs to come and they either need to move AJ Brimson back to fullback and get their shit together or Titans are going to finish bottom four. Uh, the concern with Parramatta I have is that they still concede 20, 20 points every week yeah. and you're not going to beat um, the top four conceding 20, 20 points every week. There's edge concerns in defence. Ironically, Nia Cora actually strengthened up a bit this week, but um, they've got to have, they have to score 26, 28 points every week to win, which they do, but there is that concern. Uh, and the one week do you want to wrap anyone for the Titans? Not really. The one week they didn't concede 20, though, they played Melbourne and won. Well, maybe that's again, true. maybe they again. Maybe I think that's their version of A grade of, to, of yeah. circumstance that yeah. do they cruise and a couple of tries were scored that are a bit soft. Hundred um, percent. Actually, know, no, you're right because conceding twenty is the same as not trying to score like, forty. I think Parramatta yeah. are a really good defensive team, actually. Like, and Barney went through the stats. Brown missed five tackles, and there was no one else of note. But you know, what? Only three and, and sorry to interject, yeah. no, 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 Dag, <laughs> but. Parramatta talk about are one more. of these teams that run hard and tackle hard. Like, they run yeah, hard and they, they yeah. tackle hard, and everything's a contest with them. And Sean like Lane's going to struggle to find his way back into this well, team. Well, I was going to mention imagine. Ryan Madison. I thought Ryan was Madison fantastic. was really, really good. It, he was back at the level that he was touted as an origin player two years ago, probably it was, when he was really pushed forward and was probably a member of the squad yeah, and an 18th man at some yeah. point in time. He was really, really good. And they may have to, at a time, Madison might come on and play in the middle so they don't lose as much when Paulo and RCG go off and Madison might be their answer in the middle and leave Lane and and, and Papalia on the edge or even bring Papalia in the middle. Papali is and probably a middle guy. And put, yeah, yeah, so they're not losing as much impact as Daggy said. That's the only time where Parramatta look a bit vulnerable when they go off the field. And not that the other blokes are bad that come on. like They're, they're not bad players, but they're not RCG and Paulo. <laughs> so you, you sort of lose a bit in terms of that. I don't know what I don't know what with the Titans. I've mentioned it every week. They go through halves and they don't score a point. I don't know how he fixes it. I don't know what the problem is. They've got problems with their spine. The, the, the halfback is a good young player. J- Jermaine Asako... I don't know block. why they wasted their block. time. He, he's got too many errors in him. Jaden Campbell, when he comes back, hopefully adds a little bit, but I don't know whether he's going to be the answer yet. Um, the hooker is uh, just a player, like he goes okay. Solid. Um, yeah, yeah he's, he's solid. Brimson, well, is he a 5'8", is he a fullback? So I think that there's spine problems for the Titans. I had him in the eight to start, at, to start the year on, and I'm willing to pen him now. I, I think that... You know, we'll get into looking at this week's games, and I think they're pushing shit uphill to win this week. And yeah, I had him okay. running tenth, and I don't think see him finishing much higher yeah. than tenth. So yeah, the, the, the steam's coming out. He's about to start <laughs> boiling. Come on, so I've, Come I've on. gone on long enough. <laughs> I'll, long I'll let him speak. Look, look, he's about to start whistling. <laughs> there's that much steam coming out. Got any room beside you in that uh, bottom four, Daggy? Because uh, <laughs> oh, we wow. might be neighbours. Because uh, honestly, how much? How much does one team have to suck 
for a whole season so far, five games in a row, you ask <laughs> to go right at way. least one <laughs> half every game without scoring a try. How does that happen? We're in four like, halves. Not even. <laughs> not four even. Hey, I'm a Bulldogs fan. We've gone weeks without we scoring. Get, hey, we you, know, you know what I could say? You, you know the biggest positive about the Titans right now for me, at least, is thank God the Tigers and Bulldogs exist. Otherwise, <laughs> and, and the, the dragons. dragons. Dragons, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Throw the Knights in I'd be a bit worried well. versus yeah, the Dragons boys. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what. Like, a few of you. That's why they finished 10th. <laughs> well, first of all, right. I, I know that uh, Campbell's been out injured and whatever, but when he was at the Broncos, I said Jermaine Asako, when he was consistently playing fullback at the Broncos, I was saying Asako's he's the worst fullback in the competition. <laughs> he's a at best. His positioning is absolutely yeah. atrocious. Under the high ball, he's not great. I absolutely hate that he's my team's fullback currently. You know he is? He's a 10k lighter Waka Blake. Well, he's a Every decent time the ball winger. gets to him, it he's a, he, he, runs fa- he runs stops. fast and runs yeah. straight. Yeah. That's he, about it. And he, he tries to do too yeah. much. Yeah. He, he's not yeah. like you and Aiken. You yeah. and Aiken yeah. knows he's lame. Jermaine Asake needs to know he's lame. 30 kilos yeah. and plays a back row. Bellamy will be licking his lips to have you and Aiken next year because you go, right, you got these two jobs. Oh, you know what you're doing? All right, get out there and do it. You and Josh King, off you go. Yep. I'll get onto the big pile of crap now because I'll tell you what, for Fida, <laughs> should we add it, him? It, funnily enough, <laughs> it was probably his best game of the year because he put in that 10-minute stint. And, and that's the thing with Fafita, right? He put in that one big run to score. Whoop-de-doo, right? There were times early last year where he'd put that run in four or five times a game. I'm not even saying consistently. Four or five times throughout an 80-minute game. Every 20 if, minutes, yeah. If he had done that in that game against the Eels, especially in the second half, I'm confident the Titans win because he scores at least another try. But I know you said that they're not getting him enough ball, which is true. I think yeah, it's, it's also to do with his effort. But my slap this week is Justin Holbrook because after round two, how has he not gone right? We're going to work out a way to get this guy involved in the game more because it doesn't even look like they've tried. Like, as if he wouldn't be going, this bike's not only costing us so much money, we know what he can do with the ball in hand when you're creating the opportunities. So why aren't they focusing more on creating these opportunities? And I'm sorry, if they have been doing this at training... Something's gone horribly, horribly wrong because it's just well, not. Look at all the Titans attack. Their left, their right to left looks half decent. Their left yeah. to right looks like shit. And then you got Fafita sitting on the right hand side, getting ugly ball yeah. passed to him, kicked to him, and he start most of the time he's starting from a standstill and then trying to do his best from there. Put him on the left. Put Firma back on the other side, and then have him on yeah. the back of that sweeping play where there's bodies in motion and. But you know, I the think ball's moving been, quickly. I think it's been suggested on Probably this show different. that yeah. he plays for a game in the middle. Yeah, Put teach him, yeah. him to do some work. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we'll swap him with him, Tino and see who yeah. put out more make effort. Make him yeah. go to the ball. If it can, it, the ball obviously can't get to him. They're not yeah. good enough to get the ball. They've had five weeks. Yeah. yeah. And they, they can't do it. So they've got to, he's got to say to him now that... Well, it's ironic that he scored the try running from dummy half. Yeah. So no one passed. No one passed. So yeah. he got the ball himself yeah. for that try. The same as a lot of those tries he scored last year, Ollie, were from yeah. taps. So no yeah. one passed him the ball then yeah. either. Yeah. So it, it may be that the coach just has to sit down yeah. and say, "You are playing in the middle. You're going to the ball. You're going to fucking get the ball there." Yeah. That's the thing. Like, put if you swap Tino onto that right edge and put Fafita in the middle. I guarantee you, Tino would still have a higher yeah. work rate than what Fafita's got. Because he'd come in looking for the Scan the comp. What Papi asked to go to the middle, yeah. um, for example, uh, Luciano goes looking. 
uh, in a shit team goes looking and gets his manages to touch yeah. the ball as Most many of the decent can. back rowers are uh, running Angus that 45 Crichton, angle. When Roosters are in the the trouble, to, not so much this year, but yeah. traditionally will go looking. It, you know, it, uh, that's obviously not a sh- the list is a mile yeah. long. But put it. How often if do you you're see Holbrook, so you, you start and prop, the and then yeah. and then see what well, you've got it, in the game. It, just to add on Holbrook because he's my slap as well. It it just seems like every few weeks since he started coaching the Titans, like stuff will be going all right, and then he will make a decision that is clearly wrong, make it for no reason, and it never works out. It's like last year, right when <laughs> half the season Tino was playing at prop. Why, why in God's name was Tino playing at prop when he had proven time before, as a Titans player, he's better off at second row or lock than Look at prop. Look how good he was at Melbourne like, on, yeah. in the second row. Yeah, and he, yeah, I think he started the season at prop at the Titans for whatever reason. He did because Mo it just, was on the bench for yeah, it, 15 it, it just, yeah, it baffled it, Mo coming off the <laughs> bench, like... <sighs> No, yes. it, it, it baffles me. Like, why are these decisions? It, it seems to be on a, like and a monthly basis. At least one apparently wrong decision is made. That going into it, everyone's like, I don't know why he's made that decision. It'll probably go wrong, and then it does go wrong. How much would be boardroom? Is is it a boardroom? I don't club? think so. It looks like it's, he's got control of that. Yeah, so. but uh, so I can see what's going to happen. Say around twenty, you know, with a scapegoat. Is Jaden Campbell go? Oh, we yeah. better move AJ back to fullback. We yeah. better try something different, and he'll be the one move they do. And yeah, and, and you know what? And, and, at and the they'll end. play. Yeah. Uh, they'll move Smith into five eight, which maybe they should have from the start. Yeah. And um, oh god no! The, but that's what the, you know. Mate, that's what no. they'll do. But, uh, and you know what? It, it's funny. It's at the end of last year, that's what they'll do. Yeah. And they'll go. Well, yeah, oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. And they move yeah. Tino back to front row, yeah. and there'll be Dave having a bit of a smoke out in the wing. And that's the thing too. It's. Jane Campbell was the one whose eggs they were putting in the basket at the end of last year by saying that they were going to move AJ to 5'8", which then meant they had to push Fogarty out of the club because then they were going to play Sexton. It's almost... Of course, he got injured at Canberra, but it's almost as if Fogarty was a valuable player that you shouldn't just let go for two players who have played, what, like seven first-grade games between them? Especially if, like... I, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not. Captain. I'm not even. Yeah, and I'm not even confident that the that all the eggs in the the sex which Sexton's been all right. The Sexton and Jaden Campbell basket is going to last all that long if it doesn't. That would be probably two of the first players. Jaden to be first to go. Yeah, because you'll get. He's going he, to come back. and yeah, get belted. And at the end of last year, he was the one, like the one for the future. He shouldn't be getting rid of Sexton. Around, Sexton's still. I, I think Sexton's still been good. Sexton's, Sexton's, Sexton's still fine. So. And and it's the same as yeah. the St George theory, isn't it? That they've yeah. got to play Sexton if he's there. If that's who they think's going to lead their team for the next however many years as their halfback. Unless you manage by Braith, then you play reserve grade for four years. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't played that bad. He's had a couple of no, kicks out on the yeah. full and whatever yeah. and brain explosions, no which Clifford happens, has. You know, like, but. And that's the thing too. I'd at least like to hope. Of course, this is speculation. I don't think it will happen. But because they put all the eggs in the Sexton and Campbell basket, at least give them a year no matter what because you've done, you've, done, you've gotten rid of one of your best players to accommodate them both. Anyway, Hopefully that is. You got any that final thoughts, Dougie? No, I think I covered them all. Um, yeah. And you covered them all pretty well. Uh, it's quite a rant for a team that lost by six. Wasn't it? Imagine yeah. getting the next no, game. Well, this was, as I said, <laughs> as I said this, this, this was the week for me. I've been all, like, 
leading up, but I'm finally... They probably should have lost by 16, yeah. realistically. Yeah, there's two bludger tries in each, or yeah. try in each half. And I had Moses with three points, Gutherson with two, and then it was either RCG or Papa Lee for me for the one. Uh, RCG. RCG. I won the yep. RCG wagon this week. I'm fine with that. Uh, we didn't even talk about yeah, how good he's kicking. Oh, we did. You mentioned the yards. But um, no. Moses was good. Was. Sharks 30 in perhaps the worst 30-point margin performance I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was... Sharks played like shit and won by 30. So what does it say for the other team? Barney, you can tell the stats. You can tell us about your team because I'm muting myself. I'm just going to play this music and then mute myself for this game because um, people are sick of me talking about it. So. Six try. Six tries to one, three out of six conversions and zero out of one for the Tigers. 70% completion played 66%. 36 out of 51 sets for the Sharks played 26 out of 39 for the Tigers. 700 plus running metres and 197 plus post contact metres for the Sharks. Seven line breaks to zero. 41 tackle busts to 21. Kick return metres again. 262 for the Sharks. 69 for the Tigers. Stafford Toa, superstar. 11 offloads to seven. Three force dropouts to zero. 0 40 20s, 289 tackles made by the Sharks, 340 made by the Tigers. Three ruck infringements apiece, one inside the 10 against the Tigers, five penalties conceded from both teams. 15 errors to 16, Braley made 31 tackles, Little made 36, Mulatano with 176 running metres, Offengawi with 156. Ramian missed three tackles, made 10, Nuffaluma missed, uh, missed four and made 10. Five other players in the Tigers team missed four tackles apiece. Um, this was by no means a quality game of rugby league, and there was there was a couple of nice moments. The Sharks do have a pretty slick back back line when it does click into place, and there was some nice attacking football. There was zero attacking football out of the Tigers, and some but there was some very ugly ball movement from even from the Sharks and fundamental errors from both teams. Sharks just got a much more talented squad than what the Tigers have. Their back five is probably close to the best back five in the competition when they get it right. Um, they're, they're, they're big, they're fast, they've got good foot, foot movement and their wingers are some seriously good finishes um, on the edges. So That's pretty much how this game panned out, to be honest. They got the ball, good quick ball out to the, the big guys on the wings and the centres and they finished their, their opportunities they probably should have finished another <laughs> a few more as well, to be honest, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah, Sharks off, dragged down to their levels, some sloppy football. If that's the worst performance they put out for the year, I'm happy because um, that'll probably still beat four or five teams in the competition and it'll lose us more a than, game. More than that. It'll but. lose us a game here <laughs> and there. But um, what do you say? Uh, there's a handful of... Gr- players in that Tigers team that look like fringe first graders and that's the best thing I could say out of that out of this game for the Tigers um, this, the stats were stim- similar with Madden and Brooks but again Madden made Brooks look like a reserve grade player and this young kid's got a handful of first grade games to his name um, the three star- the three back rowers for the Tigers were their best players on the field Twal, um, Twal Tualangi and Luciano were the best 
players that the Tigers had out there. I thought Nakora and McGuinness were really good. Um, the speed of the play of the ball, the way that they ran onto the ball, and the way they um, you know, got in and behind the line the majority of the time they touched the ball. Just want to butt in. Um, I sent you a really good article. Uh, Rugby League writers on Twitter wrote a really good article about Cam McGuinness and, and his failure to the Sharks team. Is in, uh, and it was yeah. on show again. And I just want to plug that. Go and find them on Twitter, Rugby League writers. You probably scroll down a little bit. There is a paywall for a few articles, but it's well worth checking out. The free ones, they're fantastic. Extremely good defender. Gets in, gets his nose through the line, gets down hands and knees and straight back to his feet, and it's quick play the balls that gets um, a very good hooker in behind that, and um, he can pick and choose whether he runs or passes, and he's got one of the better games, service games coming out of dummy half in the competition at the moment. He's a seriously good player, that uh, Blake Braley. Um, yeah, as I said, there's there's not many worth feeding in that Tigers team. It was the back five, as I said, were strong for the Sharks, and Hines was a standout again. I believe the back five ran for nearly 900 meters for the Sharks, which is incredible. I'm muted now. Go, somebody jump uh, in. Yeah, well, I think at the end of the day. Well, Daggy summed it up, ran for nearly 900 metres. I'd say it was more than just the back five. I'd say Cronulla just ran over the top of the Tigers for the majority of the game. And while Cronulla weren't great, I'd say that was their biggest positive, that they were just able to run over the top of a team that can't really defend. And that's all they had to do. Um, I'll echo the sentiments about Cam McInnes as well. He's just about gotten back to 60 minutes a game. And um, the efforts... There, you, you know, you want to talk about someone who's done an ACL, you compare him to Kiri, for example. He's definitely coming back a lot better than yep. what Kiri is at the moment. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just think that's purely what it is. All Cronulla needed to do this game was just run, run. They're, they're a far side. They know they are. If you run as hard as you can at some of these Tigers defenders, well, chances are you're probably going to beat them. And that's what Cronulla realised and that's what they did. And pretty much everything else to the Sharks at least was secondary to that, which is probably why they did look a bit sloppy. I believe it was something like 15 errors each. 15 to 16, yeah. 15 to 16. So it obviously wasn't a great in terms of uh, discipline or in terms of being able to hold the ball. But I tell you what, like they did the one thing that they had to do. And I'd say that's probably more a reflection on the Tigers, unfortunately, that that is really all you need to do if you're a decent enough side to beat them. And you've got that bit of X factor and you've got that speed in your side because there's just just nothing that's going to stop you where Cronulla have got players that are really good defensively as well. So you're not necessarily going to have to worry about the Tigers being a team that's going to run over the top of you and score points because you've already got that covered. So Cronulla, to me, it was like they did the... They basically did all they needed to do and they didn't do anything more than that and they still managed to win by 26 points. Look, Tigers are duds. That's, it, yeah. I'm not going to extrapolate anymore. They're duds. They're no good. About three of them should get paid and the rest of them should give their pay back. Um, one positive I do want to talk about, Matt Moylan again. Like I, I gave him a rap the other week and I thought he was really, really good again. Um, he just looks really... He's fit. Balanced, he's he fit. fit yeah. he's, he's his movement. Well. Like yeah, the, yeah. He, the, his movement's great. He's always been a really skillful, silky player, and it, it's silky. 
blokes are getting early ball that need to get early ball in the Sharks team. They've got like Ramian and and Talakai, the beast out there in the centres, and they're getting early ball and they're putting teams under pressure and. And if they're not and, getting early ball, Moylan's some, running, drawing defence and, and then giving them good ball as well. And yeah. I know we'll talk about it in in the next segment. Very exciting this week. They're playing the Storm, and I think it's really good for the Sharks to see where they are Absolutely. and what they've got to do to improve. Will Moylan and that look as good against the Storm who can play <laughs> and play pretty well back, and yeah. in terms of that in the forward battle? But we'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. But look... All as I can say is really, and I don't want to hurt Daggy's feelings too much, and I know he's thick-skinned, but the, the Tigers are past. Can, can you imagine me being upset about it? Like, he's no, on the roof honestly. already. Yeah, you, know what? you know what? I actually have a little hut on the roof, so it keeps me out of the rain. <laughs> to, all, to, all the listeners, to all the listeners, anybody that's going to put any money on the Tigers in any game this year, give it to me. I'll give you my account details, and I'm happy to I'll take, give you half of it back. I'm happy to take your donation. I'll invest it. And Wisely. then you can at least get some interest on your money because giving it to the tab, you're flushing it down the toilet. So it, I'll help. You know what? The people say, oh, yeah, they've got to win a game. They've got to win a game. No, they don't. No, they, they won't. Don't have, yeah. they, they might, but at this point in time, the fucking team that loses to them, yeah. fuck, scratch them. Scrat, I, I'll, I'll pen them. Put oh, some three tier ones out. Hastings and Dewey will yeah. do something. Put They'll some three tier ones out. Slightly better at some point. Hines three, McGuinness with two, and they had Nakora, Ramian, or Katoa for the one. I go one for Katoa. That I love yeah. how he scores those tries. He's athletic. Like that's a that's a point just for doing that. All right, sweet. Wait, can I please just get one thing in just to add to your misery to add on to Gov's point? Because it's a stat that I I, I researched for an article and I found out on the weekend. I sent it to you guys and I feel like it was gold. So, okay, spoiler alert, the Tigers are just not going to beat the Eels in South Sydney in the next two weeks, correct? That will then take them to 0-7 to start the season. The last time a team started 0-7 was the 2006 South Sydney Rabbitohs. They ended up going 0 and 12 before winning their first game. That it will do his back in round <laughs> 10. So yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be right. round, round, round 12, 13 yeah, time. Due back round 10, <laughs> round 12. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, might he might not one. come back. <laughs> he might get hey, 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 I'm re-injured. <laughs> I'm re-injured. Hey, would you, would you hey, be that eager? Yeah. Hey, he's going back to his home planet. There you go, mate. Fuck you, bloke. I did a Tommy and I slipped in the bathroom. I'll be another 10 weeks. Sorry. Hastings might get Adrian Lamb on the. Hastings might get Adrian Lamb on the. And nudge him and say, "Racing uh, someone uh, down uh, the Great say, Western Highway at Concord." Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, Dewey, I've got I've got a spare ticket back to England. You want to come with me and maybe win a comp this year? Penner thirty-two, <laughs> Bulldogs twelve. Um, the Matt Dufty appreciation night kicked off yeah, in style. Oh, Barney, what the stats say? Two tries for the Dogs, five for Penrith. Two out of two conversions played, five out of five, and a penalty out of one attempt for Penrith. 63% completion by the Dogs, 82% by Penrith. 24 out of 38 sets played, 38 out of 46. 550-plus running metres for Penrith. 140-plus post-contact metres for the Bulldogs. Mm. Mm. Um, did a lot of work in the forwards. Uh, two, out of, two line breaks to five, 23 tackle busts to 28. Nine offloads from both teams. One force dropout from both teams. 140-20 to the Dogs. 334 tackles, played 268. Three ruck infringements from both teams. One inside the 10 
by the Dogs, zero by Penrith. Six penalties conceded to seven. 16 errors to 10. Jackson made 56 tackles. Appy with 36. Josh Adokar with 142 metres. Edwards with 220. Waddell with four missed tackles out of 19. <laughs> made 19, missed four. Naden made two and missed three. And Stephen Crichton made 13 and missed five. May with 86 supercoach points. Tavita Pangai Jr. with 62. And Yo and Jackson both on 61. Penrith are better than the Bulldogs. Can confirm. <laughs> can confirm. No shit. Uh, they have better halves. They have a better backline, and they have better forwards. They won the game by 20 points, and that was complimentary. Uh, I like the Penrith backline. I love Tago. I love May. I love Stephen Crichton. I love Dylan Edwards. Um, the Jungle Boys underrated at the back there, but. Um, I know, I shouldn't talk about that try that uh, Tago set up. That was really awesome yeah. to watch. That was, that, I don't know how that wasn't in one of the bloody try of the week thingies they keep putting up on these stupid shows. Was or, that the one that May set up and then Tago? Oh, May, sorry, other way around. Sorry, May and, set up. and yeah. I think I messaged a good friend of the show, Damo, and just said pretty, and that he, was it. But he ran um, from basically centre on the right-hand side, through the middle, went past three blokes, short ball to Targo, straight down the, the, oh, the left-hand side. It was, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, Penrith are a good team. They're, they're going to be the minor premiers, and the Bulldogs will not be the minor premiers. <laughs> Wait, really? Not <laughs> well, the preseason. Write this down. Can but they, um, did they cash out bets or what? Yeah, just write that down. But uh, yeah, there's lots of other stuff to talk about. You guys will, so I'm not going to spend much time. Uh, I'll just wrap TPJ. We're critical of him a lot, and he tries very hard. Super that. strong, much better than um, we can say about some others. Gump, what is your takeaway? Look. The Bulldogs lost by 20, and I think Penrith are more than a 20-point better side than them. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, the Bulldogs are better than four or five teams in the comp. I know they're one and four. Yes. And and I understand that Melbourne, I agree Melbourne I agree flogged them. Another two games they probably should have won, so they should be one of those teams that's had two wins. At the moment, they're not, and that it is what it is. But they're, they're having a go, but for, it's only for so long that, as a supporter, I can say they're trying hard. They've got to start getting some Ws in in that column. Matt Dufty, it was embarrassing. It, it was. It was like that, that they put stats up for, for Dylan Edwards and he has 21, meter, 21 runs for 280 metres and Dufty has two runs for minus one and gets called into a play and doesn't take on the play. He, like, he's got a one-year deal. You think he'd have a go. So he's obviously... Not a first grader. So I don't know how he's in the side this week. If, if I was a coach and I had a bloke, and you could see Josh Jackson, who doesn't seem like he's a mean fella, have it get stuck into him on the field and say, yeah. you've dogged it, basically. And Josh Jackson should have got into Barrett and said, he can't be in the team next week. The players don't trust him. I would probably, if put I was Fox Trent Barrett, put Adokar at fullback. fullback. Put him there, give him a crack. Put him at fullback. He, he's probably not going to be that effective running the ball back and stuff like that. But he wants to. But, and but he said, wants to. Yeah. And they've got blokes in reserve grade. They've got you keep Loomy, Loomy, Loomy team. to float. Yeah. They could go on the wing, Shoop on the wing, yeah. Corey Allen's back. You know, they've got someone else that they can put on the wing. I would just bite the bullet with Dufty and say... You could probably even put Braden Burns back at fullback, to be honest. Correct. And leave Josh out of car in a wing. Correct. And Paul Alamotti will come back to play centre soon if they're going to put him in the team. So mm. I think that there, you know, there's some positives. Every player you just mentioned is a, is a potentially exciting player. 
I'd love to see Adokar be given a month at fullback. Yeah. I'd love to see Aaron Shute be given a month at first grade. Why is he not this team? Is, what, what did Lumi Lumi ever do wrong at Melbourne? And Lumi was yeah. a proven yeah. point scorer. And I'll, and I'll go to the elephant in the room. Kyle Flanagan was good. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shape looked a lot better. It's the best that they've looked. Like he, he's the took number one halfback at, at this point in the yep. club. He took pressure off Burton and that's yep. all they needed. But Grace said he shouldn't be there. He's the number one halfback in the club. They've, they've obviously just got it wrong. In terms of that, and at least Barrett would never get anything. At wrong. least he's How a legitimate. At least he's a legitimate seven. I still think that there are a couple of blokes in the team outside of Dufty. I wouldn't feed Waddell. He's terrible. Joe Stimson is a better player than him, he and is. I know Stimson yes. hasn't really done much at the Bulldogs. But he hasn't been given a lot of opportunity. Hasn't had a lot of opportunity, and he's well. had some injuries. Yeah. Um, and Avarillo is not a centre either, but. No. I, I don't think they know where Avarillo plays and they think he's a good player We've and they want to play him somewhere. A while. So, no. again, there'd be a few changes I'd make, but we'll we'll see what happens moving just, forward. Yeah, okay. Avarillo does not seem to fit anywhere apart from 14 yeah. and he realistically only gets a shot if someone gets injured during the game, really. That would As be a bit part, chuck him in and I do agree. a job. but. Yeah, um, Penrith were nowhere near their best. Uh, their def- their line speed was down considerably, I thought, compared to what they generally put up. They're normally up and in your face and causing problems where they sort of they seem to sit back a little bit in this game and just sort of let the dogs roll through their sets. I don't know if that's because they don't expect the dogs to put up too much um, threat at the end of their yeah. sets or what that was, or if they just decided to have the night off well, and they not, knew they could score not more sprint than 12, off their line. Which yeah. Is all the <laughs> Yeah, um, I thought they sort of went through it about sixty to seventy percent of their performance this in this game, and realistically, didn't look like you know they needed to do much else. And so even in attack, they realistically only attacked two points of the field. They attacked on the outside of um, of Flanagan and on that left edge with um, Naden and uh, Naden and who's the other who's the winger out there. Yeah, they attacked that left edge and they turned it inside out and Taylor May and Targo had a pretty good time out there and then they went back and attacked the inside shoulder of Matt Burton who had Corey Waddell on his inside (laughs) shoulder and then he scored two tries through there right next to the post. So they didn't really look to attack many other places in the field. They just trucked it through the middle and picked their two weakest points on the field and scored 30-odd points through those two different points on the field. So I think it was a night where Penrith just sort of went, oh, we'll do what we need to do, and that's basically it. So, the Barney literally said it right there. It was a night where Penrith did what they needed to do, and that was it. I did think, though, I'm going to back up what Gump said and said with Kyle Flanagan there, they actually did look a bit of a threat at times when they were about 20 metres out from the line that they could score. Not that they would, but at least it's a lot better. And yeah, he is literally the only, he's the best and the only halfback at the club. Not to say he's great or anything, but he's the only halfback and that's a lot better. It's now been proven it's a lot better than shoehorning an Avarillo or someone who is a 14 or someone who's a 5'8 into halfback. It works better with Flanagan in there. He should be there for the rest of the season. Will he? Probably not because the Bulldogs will lose another three games and so Barrett can save his job for another couple of weeks. He'll be the scapegoat again, unfortunately. But Flanagan should be there for the rest of the year. 
Gump, I sincere, sincerely hope that when the Titans and Bulldogs play, it's not raining because we'll be watching it from the roof, I reckon. And the winner will have to talk the other one down from we jumping should live, off. So. Look it up. <laughs> live stream off the roof. I'll get there. We'll, we'll mark you both up and we'll live stream. Oh, God. But, yeah, it will summed up perfectly. Penrith didn't need to be out there best they weren't. They were sort of going through the motions. It was and nice still won by Penrith 20. to have an open training session That's in right. the middle yeah. of the season. It, it, was, was, it was two, yeah. two points I did... I'd, didn't mention I, it was easily the Bulldogs' best performance out of their forwards uh, from the year, minus a Corey Waddell and maybe one other. That Vaughan was pretty good actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 Should have mentioned Tavita Pangai Junior. The, they were really strong. Jackson probably played his close to his best game he's played in quite a while as well. Um, they actually matched Penrith's forwards in the middle, which is not an easy job to do. And it was really nice to see them actually spread the ball two or three times. It came off the once. And how the one of the best sights in rugby league is Josh Adokar flashing down the fucking wing. How yeah. good. Now, they pushed that pass, which they haven't done all season. I actually wanted him to run himself because I had him to score a try. And he fucking <laughs> flew down that wing. And it was it's one of the best sights in rugby league. I Good love him in yeah. open space. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a sporadic thing, I feel, for... <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> for a while. We've, we've become too used to it hang at Melbourne, on, and it's on. about to... Hang on. <laughs> There's some geeks to come. Uh, three points to... Oh, yeah, actually... I gave it to Taylor May. I had yeah. Taylor, Taylor May as three points. I thought he was the most influential player on the field in this game. I had Edwards with two, and then I had um, either Yo or Tavita Pangai for the one. I'd have I'd, the only I'd flop, probably swap Edwards and May, but I don't care if we don't. Cool, Ali. Good input. Sorry, uh, no, no. <laughs> I was just checking the Premiership odds, and Cronulla are in the top four. So good job, Barney. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's yeah, fair sure. enough. Yeah. Uh, now I, I let's go for Taylor and May. Give it to Winger for once. Yeah. Uh, Edwards for two, and give it to Yo just because Dallium told me to. Um, <laughs> Who hasn't slapped saluted and stuff yet? Cause I feel like we've all way. done a variation a of it. I haven't done any of it Go yet. On, I'm going to slap Saab and Naden. I thought they had fuck all involvement from both of them. The only involvement they did have was errors, <laughs> and that was about all they did for their teams on, on their wings. Um, it's lucky J- Saab can run fast because he'd be digging holes if he couldn't. And same with Naden. Yeah. He's exactly the same. Um, they didn't want to get involved. When they did, they fucked it up. Um, and they... They seem very fragile mentally, both of those two players, to be honest. But that was my slap. If you clean, you've covered. I yours, slapped covered Fenua mine. Blake and old Braith Dufty. Yeah, well, let's uh, actually. Well, I'll second that Braith for I Dufty. Think we've, a, we've got a unanimous. <laughs> have you got another Braith? Well, Don't it was going to be my, my slap. I'm going to Braith the whole situation. Everyone involved in making that situation in the last play of the women's. Oh, that's great. The, the, yeah, the Dragons' plays were dropping off. <laughs> like the, the whole situation of the player on the ground, the referee for not stopping the game. There were multiple variables, and unfortunately, it turned into a possible yeah. game ruiner. The one bloke that doesn't deserve his job is Matt Dufty. He did everything he could not to get involved. He went out of his way not to get involved. And you can't be a first grader if you're doing that. We have shit. a three way break for Matt Dufty <laughs> uh, six run meters for 46 meters and four errors. So good work there, Matty. Uh, everyone else is. I'm going to salute Manu mm-hmm. and Stags, both in the same game, both really impressive attacking outputs from Stags and Manu. But I think Manu just pips it because at the end of the day, when his team needed to, he put him on his back and he won that game for him on his own bat. Yeah, um, I've got. You're the salute now. A salute. 
um, yeah, Matt Moylan again. I'm, yeah. I'm on the Matt Fair. Moylan bandwagon this year. I've saluted him twice now, but uh, from where he was to where he is now, he's a massive transformation. He's getting back to his best football. I am going to salute Carl Flanagan on his return. He did all he's good. The Bulldogs look a better side. I think I said it when it first happened and when he got dropped, I questioned it a bit, but I'm more confident now that at the Roosters he was actually just a scapegoat at the end of the day and he's the one that all the fingers were pointed to because overall, I know it was two years ago, but he did not have a bad He's a got bad defensive year. issues. He does, but, but he was but not, not bad. he's not the only player he in the NRL that does. He mm. didn't deserve what he got and unfortunately as a result of that it's had a knock-on effect where he started this season in reserve grade and the Bulldogs were undefeated until he got moved up to first grade I hadn't seen any reserve grade but I I take it yeah I take it that he was the one making all the moves and based off of what I saw against Panner if he can if he puts in what he did and creates the opportunities that he did for his side against a Titans or the Tigers. He probably looks great and sets up a couple of tries and the Bulldogs win. So, I will reiterate my salute for Ewan Aitken and his transition to a, a top, light, top flight um, back row. And I will wrap us up because uh, that has been Footy and Frothy's review show for round five. Thank you for everyone who's listened and made it this far. Give us a subscribe. You can follow our uh, highlights on YouTube at the Beer Garden Empire YouTube channel. Give us a follow across all socials. Head to rugbyleaguemerch.com.au to get one of those uh, sick beanies. (laughs) And we'll be back very shortly to talk about round six. Catch you soon, guys.